fire tribe, where you at? I hope you're ready, rising from the ashes and it's getting heavy Conspiracies, we got plenty and some are scary From aliens to Bigfoot, extraordinary, yeah, yeah Danunaki Dan and the homie Romy I was bugging out, all the crazy things he showed me Jesus bloodlines to the stars in the skies Always a good time, vibing with the fire tribe, hey So wake up, wake up, get it cracking Rise out the ashes, I know you got a passion Kick off the combo with theories, many conspiracies Other dimensions, plenty ancient history Fire tribe, where you at, wake up we about to get into it, I know you can't get enough At home, at work, it don't matter, turn it up Rising from the ashes, you know what's up, ayy uh, Rising from the ashes Yo, what's up, my fire tribe? Welcome to Rising <laughs> From the ashes Dan and Dan, Dan. Dan. I'm Dan Anaki Dan. <laughs> Motherfucker. Why can't you just do shit normal? <laughs> I'm Dan Anaki and Dan. I'm the homie Romy's good, man. I'm the homie Romy. No, you're not. Stupid. <laughs> What's up, you fucking dweeb? Oh, man. You call me a dweeb, dude. It's so rude. <laughs> I love it, though. Actually, it sounds like a nice, so cuddly, rude. like, little... uh my little dweeb my little dweeb he's so cuddly he's sleeping with me he's got some fur he's got a tail he's got some wings he likes it when it hails he plays out in the sun he plays out in the rain he's displayed naked on the floor every day he spread his wings <laughs> he fly through the Sun, but they was made of wax and then they melted on everyone wax museum <laughs> in my town you gotta go see them i know my little twee is coming alive for me thanks for proving my fucking point <laughs> you're you're more of like a dweebosaurus. <laughs> oh my god, dude. Can someone <laughs> call the cops on this guy for fucking this is a crime for how dickish he's being to me right now. I'm so rude, bro. Uh, so rude, bro. So rude, oh my god. god. I need a soy latte like that. <laughs> Oat. Oat milk. Also, hey, real, <laughs> oh, real quick on that note, I have to I have to tell you guys something. If you're going to the coffee shop and you're getting some fucking fire ass drink from your favorite place and they don't have maple syrup stocked on hand, they're fucking up. Go to a different coffee shop. Find a <laughs> coffee shop that has maple syrup. If you're making it at home, this is the best one. Okay. You take the, the maple syrup just about like, man, you know, one teaspoon. You could do two teaspoons if you're feeling flirty. And then you put it in there and you froth the milk. And you steam the milk with cinnamon and maple. I'm talking a lot of cinnamon and maple with with the cream. Done. Cinnamon, maple, latte all day. Let's go. That's your jam or what? So good, man. Like with the oat milk too. If you do half heavy cream, half oat milk, maple, cinnamon, you got yourself a little oatmeal, uh, maple oatmeal cookie latte. And that shit is I go ridiculous. I go red eye chai. Ooh, I do fuck with some chai though. I like the chai. What's red eye chai? That's with the shot in it, right? 
Yeah, they put espresso in it. Oh. Nice. Yeah, get all caffeinated out. Man. Just ride. ride the dragon, <laughs> the chai dragon. <laughs> yeah, dude, hop on the Phoenix and go to work. Oh, that's it. We're coming out with Phoenix, Phoenix chai, rising from the ashes, <laughs> chai. Uh, chai. And I want to do homie Romy sticks, man. What? What's a homie Romy stick? Herbal cigs. Herbal cigs. Yeah. Like weed? No, herbs. Like flowers. Herbs? Yeah. I, let, oh, I, I really? make a special blend of like mullein, rose hip, lavender, um, blue lotus. And you smoke and it? smoke it. What does that do? I'm, makes you feel good. Uh, <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on the flavor, but I will have it down. The flavor can be a little bit sour. It's kind of like a soury smoke because you're smoking a lot of medicinal herbs. Hmm. Or I might um, yeah. find a way to legally be able to sell it online, you know, with like CBD bud or something to, oh, yeah. to kind of do like, but either way, I, I've always wanted to make, I call them hippie sticks, you know, like could sell a bunch of, bunch of those. It'd be cool. Cause you know, it's, it's fun to smoke. I love smoking stuff and it doesn't always have to be weed. It doesn't have to be tobacco. It can be other things, you know, like let's, let's open our yeah. minds to things we can smoke, you know? Smoke some homie sticks. Smoke some homie sticks. Oh, Brought to you by Rising from the Ashes. Act responsibly. <laughs> Drive and smoke. <laughs> um. So today on the show we have Emmanuel Kingman, my man, aka Todd Armstrong. Uh, we just kind of go over, you know, the basics. The basic basics. We talked to him about you know his uh, his coming to Jesus, his origin story. Yeah, origin story. Everybody has an origin story and you know? an orangey story. Uh, it's pretty fascinating. He's a fascinating person. Uh, we love him. Love. He's out there, but he's cool, and he's he loves Jesus, which is cool. That's cool. Love Jesus all day. Uh, I don't have to, though. You know what I'm saying? Jesus, you know? I, I know Jesus got some. Jesus is not my homeboy. Jesus boy. buys boxes from us, bro. <laughs> but if you're cool with Jesus, that's all good, dog. That's Ain't all good. Ain't nothing wrong with it. My mom uh, also loves Jesus. But yeah, so I have to love it. Emmanuel's great. Yeah, he's a great dude. Um, I really love his ideas because they're out of the box. He definitely thinks out of the box. And uh that's about it, you know. Um also make sure to go check out our new Patreon that we just put up. We're gonna be doing special shows on there that you're not gonna hear on our RFTA feed. Uh the homie Romy has a new expanded show expanded understandings. Called- and Danny Naki Dan has a new show called Devil's Advocate. Oh damn it! I was gonna do. I was gonna do it. And uh, so those two shows are gonna be on there. We're each gonna do two shows a month on there. So that's four shows. All are gonna be about an hour to two hours. We're not gonna put any time limit on it. Uh, but definitely check those shows out. We're definitely gonna put some extra bonus shows up on there too. Uh, because we are doing theme months, 
And so if we do an extra show or somebody wants us to come on and we do a show with them, we're not going to put it on as a bonus or a theme uh, or into the theme month. Uh, we're going to put it onto the Patreon as a bonus show for the subscribers. And that's how that's going to go, you know? Uh, also, we have some merch. We just opened a new merch store called storefrontier.com backslash Fire Tribe Inc. I-N-C. And you can go on there, check out some of our merch. We got t-shirts, sweatshirts. We got uh, tank tops, uh, hoodies. We got all the good shit. Uh, we're trying to come up with some more graphics for t-shirts so if you're an artist and you want to kick us some shit please do we'll give you a free shirt that we make with your logo design on it and or whatever else man yeah uh we'll probably get some stickers going on in the future but we'll have to use a different website for that so we'll wait uh but we do have a website coming out shortly hopefully it'll be up and going sometime early next year if not sooner and uh you know thank you all for listening and thank you for your support fire tribe we hope you become fire tribe members and we are gonna be looking out for you guys and giving you extra content as often and as frequently as possible we might even throw in a little extra solo show for you guys you know we're probably going to do some uh fireball episodes on there too if we go to any concerts or any shows if we set up any meet and greet things uh people that are members are going to be the first to find out about it on patreon and have the first Wait, opportunity meet and to greet those things yeah, Aren't we man. trying to do that in San Francisco? San Francisco. Yeah, Francisco? Uh, I'll, yeah I want to get that set up, but uh, I don't. We I don't know specifics on that yet. But we're thinking around March and uh, set up a meet and greet and do a Tartaria tour. It might not even. It might just be like a one night or one day type thing. It's not going to be, be forever and. Uh, everybody can just pay their own way so we'll tell you where and when and if you want to show up you can show up uh if not me and homie and uh the other people that come with us are surely gonna enjoy it so <laughs> <laughs> you know you know what i mean I fucking, it's gonna be we'll, we'll probably take some video and uh other stuff and uh you know put it on the feed on the Patreon. i want to start making little documentaries trying that out yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you know, where we like do the screen share and narrate over it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and put some music behind yeah. it over like stuff we think is interesting Ooh. or certain topics. For some YouTube, YouTube style YouTube videos, style, but on the but Patreon. On the Patreon or the website. Yeah. We want to do that because we yeah. want to, guys, we really fucking love researching and we love looking this stuff up and we love thinking about it. And, you know, uh, obviously like, you know, the more support that like you guys give by like, you know, signing up for the telegram and joining on a telegram group chats and, and any of this stuff, like it just, it like lights a fire up in our ass and we're just like, Fuels holy us. shit, like, let's go, let's figure all of this shit out and let's make a fucking change. Let's change the paradigm, shift it up, baby, shift it up. <laughs> yeah. And as you can tell, Rome 
Romy is a very fun person to hang out with. He's that's right, crazy. Yeah. Well, wild definitely, card. You want to hang out? You definitely want to hang out at a campfire with him. You know what I mean? <laughs> Real late night. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it's the wee <laughs> wee morning hours. Oh goodness, yes. <laughs> so what else is good though, so, man? What's the deal? What else is good, Doc? What else? What do you mean? What else is good? Everything's good. True. Fire Tribe Nation. That's dog. right. Yahoo! You know, uh, that's all. I mean, that's that's what we got coming up. That's what's good. Uh, you want to hit that that fucking button? Where's whatever happened to that fucking button? R. News. News you can trust. What you got for us today, huh? You already know, baby. You already know. No. Yo, so this book, uh, Handbook of Native American Herbs by Alma R. Hutchins, has been my jam lately. Uh no it hasn't raspberry fig baby that's my jam no oh, uh, raspberry fig. you know what dude I don't even like grape jelly Oof. but I ate some grape jelly on a cinnamon sto- scone Ooh. it was actually homemade grape pinot noir yes. jelly yes yes and it was fucking amazing where was the dude. scone was the scone also homemade from the same home yes it was homemade Wait. my girlfriend oh your girlfriend is amazing. or for she's us. amazing yeah yeah, amazing. yeah. cinnamon scone amazing. i'm addicted to cinnamon okay anyways um here we are uh i love trees we all love trees trees are amazing trees are and what uh dan told us in the last um in the last episode that we did uh when he brought up chinese philosophy wood is one of their five elements, which is fascinating because it's not one of the five elements in, I guess, what you would consider Western philosophy or sciences, which is, you know, air, water, fire, fire, earth, earth. ether. I guess trees would and be ether's the related to earth, though. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, I've always wondered, it's like, what is earth? I mean, it's like wood and soil and stuff. So. Anyways, trees are amazing, y'all. Trees, trees, trees. The more you eat, the more you sneeze. Or probably the more you won't sneeze because it'll up your local immunity and it's going to be great. Um, And so, yeah, anyways, I'm going to read a little serp here on birch, white birch to be exact. Um, Not that I think there's really much other birches uh, colors. There might be a red birch. Birch is an amazing tree. It, it peels its bark. It's one of the uh, one of the trees that peels their bark, like the manzanita or the madrone or the eucalyptus. I just got a shirt idea. Yo, basic birch. <laughs> well, sorry, enchiladas. Uh, basic birch. Basic birch. That shirt. was a basic bulge. Don't be a basic birch. Or do. Because birches are sweet, so like maybe do be a birch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Don't be talking snaps on my birchies, B. 
Uh, <laughs> if you're talking shit on my bird shit, I'm going to come over and perch upon your porch, man. I'm going to get you. I'm going to hit you when you're snoring, man. When you're sleeping, I'm going to get up on your motherfucking bed and punch you right in the esophagus. Shut up and read. All right, here we go. Birch. Batula alba. Nearly 40 species of the Butikalai. I just fucking butchered that. Uh, family of trees and shrubs are given the common name of birch. This is an ancient tree. In fossil form, it goes back to the upper Cretaceous and remains abundant and widespread in the northern hemisphere in both the old world and the new. In North America, it ranges from the Arctic Circle to Florida and Texas, usually found in woods, domestically in landscape decor throughout the United States. Birch, an eye-catching tree, reaches heights of 45 to 50 feet. It may be white, yellow, brown, or almost black. Frequently, the trunk is smooth in young trees, later becoming marked with horizontal lines. The alternate leaves and characteristically simple, bright green and toothed. The flowers develop in worm-like catkins of two types. The staminate appear near at the end of the branches in late summer or autumn and elongate the following spring into pendulous structures, exposing the brownish bracts. The minute flowers are located in the axles of these, seen in the temperate zones in April and May, the ovaries mature into a minute winged nutlets that are scattered in autumn. <laughs> You're a fool, man. You're a fool. <laughs> oh, sorry. The Can't you re <laughs> read that right? What do you mean read it right? So it's like we're playing a game. You ever played that? There's like this game where you like, uh, it's kind of like uh, Cards Against Humanity, but you like pick a card and you have to read. You have to read it in that accent. Beautiful. I love that. No, I, I reading in character helps me focus more. What character was that? You know, it's just like the, the stern cigar guy. Oh. Yeah, okay. I got a glass of bourbon. That makes more sense. Glass of bourbon with All a cigar. Right. Kind of like yeah. wiggles his eyebrows as he talks. Oh, and they're super hairy, and they're like they're like worms. They're like little caterpillars on this <laughs> on this head. They're dancing, yeah. which I think was a Sesame Street right. thing. <clears throat> so you needed to set the scene first. Now, I yes, yeah. Sorry, I I'm gonna have different <laughs> names for characters, and then I'm just gonna read in those characters. <laughs> um, who's this? The, Bushy brow. Oh. Uh, Give me Bruce. Bushy Bruce. Bruce. Bushy brow. Um, oh, here, here's a good one for Bruce. Ready? Bodily influence. Aromatic. Stimulant. Diaphoretic. <laughs> Anyways, uh, uses. As a food and medicine, Native Americans tapped the birch tree for its sap as a beverage or a syrup. Happy. Oil of wintergreen is distilled from the inner bark and twigs. The common birch has a purpose in our family of medicinal trees. When we see them used for landscaping, we may be like we we may like to remember with pleasure their additional healing properties. Traditionally, the birch is appropriate in treatment of diarrhea, dysentery, cholera, and all maladies of the elementary tract. 
The natural properties are cleansing to the blood, and it is used specifically for rheumatism, dropsy, gout, stones in the kidneys and bladder, and to expel worms. To dose yourself, a teaspoon of the leaves or bark or both infused into one cup of boiling water for 15 minutes. Three to five cups daily mixes well with other herbal teas. Externally, drink the tea freely when troubled with boils or skin eruptions. Oh, those, those skin eruptions. The oil of birch is applied to the skin. For eczema and cutaneous diseases. The tea is effective when gargled for canker and mouth sores. Okay. (laughs) Russian experience. My favorite. Birch is an inseparable from the Russian people. As it is their most poetic tree. The birch is known to every Russian throughout history. Literature, poetry, songs, art, and fairy tales. They consider it the most attractive and beautiful of all the trees in the world. Besides having emotional and spiritual popularity, the association of birch with folk medicine goes back to the oldest tale of Russian history. Folk medicine. You need to go back. You need to go back to theater school, Doc. <laughs> For centuries, folk medicine has been used in. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Go back. Go back. Fill it in. <laughs> Did this last time too. Okay. For centuries, folk medicine has used birch in many preparations. For therapeutic results, long, serious conditions being cardiac dropsy. I just skipped multiple lines. I'm so sorry. I am absolutely <laughs> terrible. <laughs> uh, we should edit all this. Um, Get to the point. Okay. For centuries, folk medicine has used birch and many preparations for therapeutic results. Long before clinical recognition and approval in 1834. One of these serious conditions being cardiac dropsy, birch buds gathered and preserved with vodka for out-of-season use is an invaluable home medication. This is used for colds and pain, rheumatic, uh, rheumatic conditions, stomach ulcers and pain, vitality and blood purifying, and appetizer in avid Avita miniosis, liver and gallbladder to dissolve stones of kidney and bladder, and for many other individual complaints. Wow, I'm gonna have to get me some birch tincture. That sounds amazing. Use it for coughs and such rheumatic, uh, rheumatic things. Birch charcoal used as an absorbent in cases of poisoning, gas bloatage, and indigestion. Birch sap in the spring is prepared uh, prepared as a tea and is considered prepared. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, birch sap in the spring is prepared as a tea and is considered a vitamin treat as a tonic for anemia, gout, scurvy, rheumatism, etc. Externally, extracts of the leaves, buds, and bark is applied to ulcers, wounds, boils, eczema, and all skin conditions of broken and unbroken surfaces. Rheumatic, rheumatic, pain, swelling, and alberminuria. Russian history? 
and life are unthinkable without the steam bath or panya. Once a week, this is the accepted routine. These stout-hearted people prepare the room by placing leaves over hot rocks. This expels the cleansing vapors of the moist heat as hot and as long as a person's health will stand. Fuck yeah. See, this is another reason why I fuck with Russians. They just love steaming and like sweating. I love that too. I'm definitely Russian. And Russians excel in physical <laughs> endurance. That's right. We do. It sure ain't rushing through this reading. When persistent, when, when, uh, when, pes- when perspiration is established, if the leaves were not placed over the rocks, a bur- Beresivy Venic birch broom is used to vigorously thrash the body. They know any trouble we've taken care of, whatever it is. If the person can stand the heat and the thrashing of the birch in our condition, we can do something similar, but not a severe. Boil two to five pounds of leaves with enough water to cover one to two hours in a pillowcase or cotton cloth. Place this in the bathtub with enough hot water to reach the waist when seated. Drench the shoulders and neck and arms for as long as you feel comfortable thus using the bag of leaves like a sponge and this in this case your heart uh your heart will be your doctor if you feel weak or relaxed at the point of falling asleep get out this type of herbal bath done once or twice a week for 30 times consecutively will prove most beneficial for internal and external complaints as a proper function of both will be improved wow okay that's really fucking cool and i'm glad i didn't read that before i read this to y'all because something y'all know about me is I do love baths, and I take them a lot. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go get me some birch leaves, and I'm going to put it in a sock, and I'm going to bring it into my bath, and then I'm going to rub it all over my freaking balls and my head and my other body parts. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so sorry I did that. Um, but also, Russians... <laughs> I, I heard that. I used to work with a chef, and he married a Russian chef. woman, right? And um, had salty balls and used birch on them. No, he went to Russia t- to meet her family, rode in a tank with these guys, a tank, drinking vodka in the tank cool. over to the bathhouse where they then. Was this Bert Kreischer? No. This is my chef, but he's a big old, you know, he's a big old fat dude too. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he, and he, they get to the bathhouse and like, yeah, he's just like, yeah, dude, they fucking take birch branches and they whip you with it while you're in there, while you sweat, while you're sweating. Whip it, kid. Isn't that crazy? Crazy, dog. Crazy. Crazy, So birch, it's, it's, it's a multi, multi use thing. Do it. Love it. You know what it looks like. And if you don't, Go find out. Here you go. I'm done. Okay. Well, um, today I got a book called The Jesus Mysteries. Was the original Jesus a pagan god by Timothy Freck and Peter Gandy? Uh, I'm going to read this little uh, excerpt here from uh, the book. And it's called Mother of God. Like her divine son, Jesus' mother Mary is also said to have ascended bodily to heaven and is honored as the mother of God. 
In the same way, Semele, the mortal mother of Dionysus, is later raised up to heaven and honored as an immortal alongside her illustrious son. In Christianity, Mary takes on many of the roles of the great mother goddess of the pagan mysteries. Indeed, the Christian festival of the Assumption of the Virgin in August has ousted an ancient pagan festival of the goddess. Statues of the Egyptian goddess Isis holding the divine child have been the models for many Christian representations of Mary and baby Jesus. They are also, oh, they are so like those of Madonna and child that they have sometimes received the adoration of ignorant Christians. Statues of the Black Virgin, so highly venerated in certain French cathedrals during the Middle Ages, have proved upon examination to be basalt statues of Isis. Talking of the influence of the cult of the Egyptian goddess Isis on Christianity, one authority writes, Her stately ritual with its shaven and tonsured priest, its matins and vespers, its tinkling music, its baptism and aspirations of holy water, its solemn processions, its jeweled images of the mother god, presented many points of similarity to the pomps and ceremonies of Catholicism, and to Isis in her later character of patroness of mariners, the Virgin Mary perhaps owes her beautiful epithet of Stella Maris, Star of the Sea, under which she is adored by tempest-tossed sailors. It was very early tradition in Christianity that Jesus, it was a very early tradition in Christianity that Jesus's women followers, rather than the male disciples, were the first witnesses of the empty tomb and the resurrected Christ. In the original ending of Mark's gospel, it is only Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome who see the risen Jesus, a tradition that the pagan critic Celsus acknowledges. According to another early Christian tradition, all three women are called Mary, Mary Magdalene, Jesus' companion, Mary his mother, and Mary her sister. In the Gospel of John, the same three Marys are pictured at the foot of the cross. The fact that they were given three Marys is a clear indication that we are in ancient mythological territory. It's the three witches. The triple goddess. The three what? Three witches. The triple goddess was a familiar figure in the pagan world. At Eleusis, she appears as Demeter, Persephone, and Hecate. We find her appearing as the three fates, three charities, and three graces. Like Jesus, Dionysus is often associated with three women followers. When a new sanctuary of Dionysus was founded, three priestesses called Menads would go there to establish the cult. Each one of them would assemble one of the three women choirs that helped celebrate the mysteries. The Oinotropio were three women disciples of Dionysus said to have the ability to miraculously turn water into wine at the festivals of the godmen. Among the most 
common of ancient sacred sculptures are representations of the Cave of Pan, in which three women are being led into an empty cave by Hermes, the messenger of the gods, like the three Marys, being led by the angel into the empty cave, which was Jesus's tomb. So there you go. And and so like at so it's an interesting book, and just to read a serped out of it, kind of like because they're tying it in, they're using biblical references, but they're saying they're basically tying it in how it's actually pagan, installed from a pagan tradition. Uh, yeah, they're showing. It's kind of like the zeitgeist, like you've seen that, right? Jesus was born on the same day as all these other pagan gods. And people say, well, he was actually born September 11th. uh, And they just, Constantine kind of used these other pagan gods and just folded Jesus in so he wouldn't piss off the people that all celebrated the, the paganism or whatever. Just like Easter and Christmas are pagan holidays, they're not really Christian holidays. In, in Christianity or Catholicism, you're supposed to celebrate. Uh, Jesus says to celebrate the five feast days and not to follow the traditions of the heathens, which they adorn trees with uh, ornaments and tinsel and are we shit. Talking basically Christmas pagan, trees. By pagan, are we talking like of the, of the, of the North? Specifically, generally, right? Uh, I mean, by pagan, it just it doesn't necessarily mean Norse gods. It just means multiple gods. Uh, I so know, but most times when they're refer- when you say like these, these, like Easter and Christmas are like, you know, like they're general. Those are like more northern traditions, right? Than they are like like Eastern well, see, Orthodox. Or it just gave it just gave examples of Egyptian. In the book, so Egyptian was considered pagan because they had multiple deities. Uh-huh. Uh, but there's also Greek and Roman, which have multiple deities. They're still considered pagan, but they're not necessarily like Norse pagans or or whatnot. They're just, it's just they're polytheist and monotheist would be the best way to describe the two instead of saying like Christian or heathen or pagan or whatever when when when, uh the with but basically like the greek um the the greek you know polytheistic religion or mythos i guess is not really a religion right is what most of the actual christianity the main like roman empire was like coming from so you know it's a, that's interesting, yeah. right? Like there's like those that there there was polytheism tied into the origin and the roots of the people who created, you know, in the mythologies of the people. Well, so. everybody, if you think about it, everybody in the Old Testament was pagan. Yeah. None of them were monotheistic yet. I mean, monotheism didn't happen until um moses right or till Akhenaten in egypt See what so, it sounds like to which me some people believe they are connected is indoctrination a story yeah. all across I mean, everywhere well, to take multiple gods and then form it into one after most most of most of these philosophies existing for however long at this point you know i should i should read an excerpt from uh zachariah sitchin when he talks about the Sumerian gods and Marduk kept asking like, when is it my turn? When is my turn to rule? When is it going to be my turn? 
he was obsessed with him becoming the new king and it it wasn't his turn to rule yet he had to wait until the end of the age and then he could become the new king and i think that a lot of these stories are presented in the new ages and each age has to have a new mythos based on that age and they use other mythos as like uh as it shifts influence influence but they just kind of change the names around or whatnot. yeah change the shape but, a little bit so so when you see this monotheistic aspect it's because i think that this new god it was his time to rule this new age and so he declared himself as the only god the one true god and such created this monotheistic idealism and because a lot of people were worshiping different deities, everybody had like home home deities, like family gods. Like each family had their god that they worshiped to or prayed yeah, to. Yeah. And so they wanted to try to combine it all into one so that way everybody believed in the same thing. And so in a way, yeah, it, it was like, um, what's that word you said? polytheistic no oh uh, indoctrination. oh indoctrination yeah yeah <clears throat> so in a way it is uh totally indoctrination they're, they're just trying to get everybody to believe the same thing and then sell fear by providing the devil and so if you don't want to go to hell then you have to do everything that the state tells you to do and all the rules that they make up and then the state and religion are connected. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of it too has to tie into esoteric information and knowledge, right? And by that mean being out I, of sight. Yeah. So like using these these are all stories of symbolism to understand the esoteric yeah. like meaning behind it all, right? The cipher. Yes. So there's there's yes. all that. Um yeah, I think there's three different levels to read the Bible. I mean, you can read it on the surface. And then surface levels for you know the peasants, and then there's a level for the initiated, and then there's the a level for the adepts. And you can take this as the macro, the physical, and the macro, or the micro, the macro, and the physical realm, right? So you have these three different ways you can read it, and each one will give you more information about the world and about life in general, and and how to live you know and so i don't i don't take anything away from the stories of the bible and and all of that i just don't think i just don't believe in like these god ideas is kind of where i draw the line the creator part and like these god people like i don't yeah the, the word the word gives you the heebie-jeebies i get it i get it the word itself has it, it it's almost repulsive in the sense of like there's so much behind that word that it's hard to connect to it you know because if you're going to connect to god you got to connect to god right like you got to connect we're not talking about yeah. table we're not talking about can or dog right or you know we're talking about the word god which is one of the biggest words i mean it's one of the smallest words <laughs> Right, but it's one of the <laughs> biggest words of all time. 
I mean, we're talking yeah. about the biggest, one of the biggest concepts, the biggest concept, this, the biggest concept. So yeah, like I get it. I get where you, I get where you're coming from. It's, I mean, and that's good on you. Good on you, bud. You know? Well, yeah. And I think a lot of people can define God in lots of different ways. And so, you know, it, it's, uh, I guess it's like personal, whatever God is to you, because it can be so many different things. But for me, like, I just don't think that there was a a human personification of God. I think God is, is like a consciousness or uh, just nature nature in general and and nature has its pattern and this pattern just keeps on fractalizing out and, yeah it's just the life force and we energy. understand it is we understand it as math and angles and geometry and stuff but that's just the natural pattern of the universe yeah. and that's what god yes, is to yes. me in a way you know so it, it when you personify it i i that's where I'm like, I like the, I like, it's all God. We are all God. It is all God. Everything is, you know, it is the, the all existent life force energy. I like the stories. I love the stories. And I think the stories are good and, and they're, they can help you in life. I appreciate that. Understanding, you know, and I don't think the Bible is complete bullshit. I think it has some historical relevance and, uh, I know. So, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't just like hate the Bible or something. I'm not a Bible basher or whatnot. I just don't believe in worshiping a deity. Yeah. I mean, like think that the Christianity came out the time of the, 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 the Roman empire, you know, coming and basically starting the new world order. So like it's in, yes, it's in doctrine or it's indoctrination. Anyways, something else I'm going to jump off this topic and jump into this one real quick. All right. Alchemy, uh, um, alchemical cosmology, right? Benjamin Balderson was talking mm-hmm. about, you know, the uh, in an electric universe model, the sun is the positive and the moon is the negative, and uh, you know, the anode and the cathode, and then mm-hmm. then we are the uh, the energetic force from that, right? Mercury. So yeah, exactly. To store it, and there's always red mercury. It was beautiful, but but then in the flat Earth circles, right? A lot of a lot of people are on the tip that the sun and the moon are the same size, right? That therefore they can explain it. eclipses and um, you know stuff that, and so that they these these are the same size. And then I was thinking, I was like, wow, how interesting would it be? If, you know, our planet could have the sun and the moon being one's positive, one's negative, but they are the same size as opposed to one so much bigger and, you know, like get, and then uh, going in and protons and electrons, dog. Okay. More, go more about what. Well, so a proton, right. has a positive, positive charge as an atom. In the atom, there's a nucleus, and you have protons and electrons. You have electrons on the outside of the atom. And if you look at an atom, it looks like a solar system with the sun in the middle and terrestrial planets and gas planets. As above, so below. So if we were to base what 
the universe looks like based on the micro of what we know an atom looks like, then the solar system looks like it's supposed to. Now, whether it's traveling through the fucking sky in some weird fucking spiral no, shape thing. Check this out, though. I check this no out. Okay, clue. so the planets, when you look at them and, and where they tell us that they're at in the sky right now, they look like a little bit bigger than other stars, which are supposed suns. Definitely bigger because they're closer. Yeah. Okay, well, they're a little bit bigger. You might be able to identify them if you know where they're at and you look and you see a brighter star. It looks like a planet, right? But the sun is i mean granted yeah the sun is bigger than all of the planets but it's just like i i just and then the moon is is right there the both they the the when you look at the sun in the center of the sun outside of the giant glare that it has all the light coming around it when you focus in on it mm-hmm. with a camera it's like a perfect circle and it literally does look like the same exact size as the moon and they do cross over each other during an eclipse and make a perfect block out of the sun. So it's interesting to think about they're they're proportionately the same size. And I've seen it because I've looked I take pictures of the sun with my phone camera and I take pictures of the sun of the moon and <clears throat> they're just they, but I, you know it could also be just perfectly placed to where at, you know, it's due to the magnetic properties it's pushed everything to be perfectly proportioned where it's at that could also be the case you know that it's i've also heard that the the moon is not the same size it's actually slightly smaller and that's why you see like the sun on on the outside of the moon yeah you see that ring when it cross when it crosses paths and it's not exactly the same size but it to our eye looks like it because it's still far away so we're it's perspective like you see those pictures of people like holding their hand up and it looks like the statue is standing on their hand but the statue is yeah 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 of course uh, like miles yes. away in the background yes, yes, or whatnot yes, yes. it's kind of it's kind of the same same type of thing going on yeah yeah no absolutely i it's just it's just i'm not saying it's real i'm just saying it's fun to think about um, and I yeah, want people well, to I mean, think about it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, sure. It is fun to think about. Well, uh, yeah, no, I agree <laughs> with you. Yes. But the moon, the moon is close to this planet and the sun is way further away and way, way, way bigger than everything else. I still ain't never been to. And the stars that we see are other solar systems and shit like fucking, uh, thousands and hundreds of thousands of light years away i ain't never been to space i trust some of the space stations anyway. i trust the russian space station <laughs> you do <laughs> i'm just kidding the space station. cosmonauts no there i um jim lee you know he looks at other countries space stations as opposed to nasa to get um information mm-hmm. on space you know which is smart but you know uh just you know, do your own research, people. You know what I'm saying? We ain't never been in space. Probably will never go to Just space. Just triangulate it then. Like see if see uh if Russia, China, and America all say the same thing about the same stuff in the sky. Exactly. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna triangulate them right now. Bing yeah, bing do that. boom. See see if see if they all say the same thing about it or if they have different theories about what the moon is or what the sun is or whatever and see and then i'm gonna write formal letters to them and i'm gonna say 
and I'm going to wait for <laughs> eagerly by the mailbox for a response. I don't, I don't know how we got from uh, Mother Mary to the planets, but we fucking did it. <laughs> we did it. Let's uh, let's get into the show with Emmanuel King. You ready? Ready. Here we go, Emmanuel Kingman. Kingman. Wake, wake up, the fuck up, 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 up. Hey, everybody! Thank you for tuning into today's show. We are rising from the ashes. We, as the Fire Tribe, will rise. Awaken our eyes beyond what is seemingly laid upon us. We can extend our consciousness to the further ends of our cosmic understanding. If you enjoy our show and you like the content that we create, make sure to like, subscribe, share with your friends. Hello, everybody. Yes, please, please, please do. Also, follow us on Instagram at RFTA Podcast. If you have any questions or concerns, you can email us at risingftashes at yahoo.com. to rising from the ashes i'm dan unaki dan and i'm the homie romy hello everybody and how the fuck are you i is good uh, uh roman's a little stuffy he's a little stuffy snuffy uffelgus i'm a stuffy boy yeah yeah i'm like the stay <laughs> stay stuffed marshmallow man you, you know uh full of kleenex and residues <laughs> well, you know who's not stuffy? Emmanuel Kingman. What's up? Hey, how are what's you? going on, gentlemen? How are we? We're good, man. We're good. Just, you know, being ridiculous as always. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's it's the important. fun part of life. You can't be serious all the time. You got to have fun doing something. Yeah, man, for sure. So, uh, how's it going, man? What you been up to lately? A lot. Looks like, huh? Yeah, yeah. I've been, <laughs> man. It's been so much with the podcast. You know, it just things just kind of line up when you're d- 
doing things. I mean, you guys saw what happened. Yeah. Tartaria Month just kind of happened upon you, right? Yeah. Well, it kind of yes. happened upon yes. uh, other podcasts as well. I saw the Great Deception podcast. He did a bunch of great breakdowns on stuff. I've yeah, been doing great. my own type of stuff with Tartaria. And, you know, it's it's so much is happening right now with us all looking in that direction and, you know, pulling away the veil. And it seems to be thinning very, very quickly. And as we get deeper into that, it's so funny that the rest of the world is starting to have the veil on, you know, the, the flu that's been last in the last few years, the veils being lifted on their eyes from that. So it's like, are we causing that because we're getting closer to the truth? So they're getting closer to the surface truth. You know, it's all very as above, so below. That's super interesting, actually, to think about because the timing of when Tartaria started to break out around like 2018, I think it was, like when people like started to find it as podcast topics and whatnot. And then you look at the the age of whatever that we're going into here, this age of Covidius minimus, right? Oh, I was, I was <laughs> speaking on like a on like a pandemic yes. playout route. That there yeah. is this. It's almost. It, it's seemingly. Uh, suspicious that the that they did come together uh, in the timing, but it's also very beautiful. And I think there is a, there's a, the number of true seekers rises each day. Yeah. Well, did you guys see that the NIH just put out a study saying that COVID nineteen is linked to five G? Oh no! Yeah, there's the a, NIH there's on a government website. There's an opposing uh, one of that, that. I wouldn't necessarily call it opposing, but it's also by the NIH who lets them not forget who the head of the NIH was, who was the head of the oh, – we're not going to go into Sir Ouchie Fauci. But anyways, he right. is the head of the NIH, and they put out a study that said CBD can and will cure COVID-19. And I said, wow. hmm, who has stocks in – some cannabis farms that's on a corporate level because that's the only fucking reason you find a deep state uh, National Institute of Health uh, doing big platforms on CBD and COVID-19 having relations at well, all. Well, Delta 8 uh, came into my awareness. So the way I like to look at life is I'm like, okay, oh, wow. I went to a universe where this existed. So uh, like Delta eight to me didn't exist until I found out about the Delta variant because I found out about Delta eight, Delta nine, Delta 10 immediately following in that order. It wasn't like I found out about all of them at once or anything. It was, I found out about eight, then nine, then 10. And it was just like each week, every time I was going back to the store, it was like, Oh, you have something new. And <laughs> the news is talking about this Delta variant. And it's like, what yeah. is going what on here? Trip. Very strange. Uh, I have a buddy who has a Delta 8 lab up in Oregon. So I've known about it for a little bit. But, you know, right, these but you would plays, because I, it wasn't in my awareness, but it was already in everyone else's awareness that was here. You know, that's yeah, that's kind of how the world operates. I, I mean, they, you know, that we keep intersecting back and forth between all these crazy word ties of like, you know, just like a genome stringing along <laughs> i don't I have no idea it's crazy it's beautiful but that's why we're here we're trying to connect we're coming together and falling apart you know that's what Waves. the seraphim does Waves right patterns yes oh yeah just like the caduceus yeah yeah the snake yeah, well you know that's it moves that way because it's a seraphim that actually weaves our dna so this was a download i got 
if you guys, I'll tell it real quick. I have yeah, a go for it. Please, please. So Satan being the head seraphim, right? He lied to the people and said, oh, it's not going to happen to you because he knew that he was the one that weaved the DNA strands so that he would weave the DNA strands to benefit them as long as he could. So then it wouldn't actually affect Adam and Eve, but it would affect all of us. And we are all Adam and Eve, you know, in that sense, like your ancestral DNA that you won't have to deal with the issue. Just, you know, give yourself over to me, do what I want, and I'll weave the DNA strand in your way. And but eventually it catches up. So that was kind of, you know, a, a way that I interpreted how, why the rebellion happened and why giving yourself over to Satan or sacrificing things to Satan would work out that way because he's the one that's coming together and going apart, the DNA strand, the seraphim, you know, weaving it. That's that's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a Tuesday afternoon for me when I'm I'm driving. Like, this is what happens for me, you know. Right. Our lives are very strange, but I love it. <laughs> I know, man. Oh, man. I'm so beat up from Tartaria month already, dude. Just having to try to do like deadlines and like make sure everything's out on time and then getting everything together and like, you know, two shows a week. And then I'm like, fuck, man. Plus, it's like Christmas season at work. So everything's just busy, busy, busy. So I'm ready. I'm ready to take that uh, Christmas vacation soon. Yeah, Does uh, well. your work give you good, good, uh, good races during this time? Like little bonuses or anything? Yeah, bonuses? the bonus is called fucking overtime. Work your ass off, don't you? <laughs> yeah, mine does uh, not either. <laughs> That's but I'm going bonus. on vacation over Christmas. I, I took a week vacation. Excellent. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I work for a Mexican company. So I was like, you know, this was a couple months ago. Me and my girl were like, let's go to the mountains for Christmas. I was like, all right. So I texted my boss. I'm like, hey, I'm going to the mountains on Christmas. Like, this is when I'm taking a vacation. Like, I don't care if I have a job or not when I come back. You know, it's just, uh, you know, exactly. I'm, I, like, I'm not asking for permission. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm doing this. Yeah, I'm going. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So tell, tell us a little bit, uh, Todd, Emmanuel. How- where does the two names come from? How do you have uh, Todd Armstrong and then Emmanuel Kingman? Where where does that come from? Who are you? <laughs> well, so I was born Todd Armstrong. You know, my parents named me that. And then Your birth my name. Yes, my human birth name. And then when I was reborn, Jesus named me Emmanuel Kingman, where my higher self, as I say sometimes, named me Emmanuel Kingman. So there's been like this transition that's happened to me and you can see it over the life of my podcast. You can go back to the very first few episodes and even the first few interviews and all that. I mean, the first 40 episodes I was one person versus now, you know, I'm so different. So you can see the transition happen from me as I become more comfortable in my new role, you know, it's metaphorical speaking and and also multidimensional the way that it's unfolding. So, uh, interestingly enough, you know how I found your podcast is I was researching Tartaria and you had, uh, what's, uh, what's that dude's name? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. He's great. Uh, he was going to be on the show and then, uh, he got tied up with some things and couldn't make it on, uh, two different times. So 
Infowars. Uh, off once for me, but not the second time. We let him off. We let him off the. We let the fish off the hook. But uh, I, I was listening to some shows to try to get you know an idea about him and what he talks about, so we could do a show with him. And then I then I started listening to your show, and then uh, then Andy was like, "Dude, I'm going to be a." Uh, 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 like a, uh, a co-host with uh, Emmanuel Kingman on his show, Good and Silver Darkness. I was like, I, I don't know that podcast. And then he, and he sent me to, uh, he shipped me in like a link to it. And I was like, oh, Godcast. I know that one. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even realize it was called Goodness Over Darkness. I thought it was just called Godcast and you talk about Jesus and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, it's, well, it's Godcast, the Goodness Over Darkness podcast. Yeah, so... That's good. Uh, I That's realized good. after That's you, after I made the name, yeah, it, it's. I mean, so it has the initials G O D, goodness over darkness, and cast for podcast. So it's kind of like the whole thing short. But I, you know, the way that I named it, I could see that it's much more difficult for people to find. I have a colon in there. You know, it's Godcast colon the goodness over darkness podcast. But I also understand that I'm not meant for everybody. So God made it a little more difficult for people to find me because if you want to find it, you have to actually look for it. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I think so, that's important so, too. When you're going through a spiritual awakening, you generally will have to dig deep for the things that ring true to you. And that's going to only just get mm-hmm. like real people on your side. And that way you can have real things happen and not try to fill a facade earlier or uh, fill a facade. Cause earlier when you were referencing, you know, your shift and transition, you know, I, I pledge that to be very true that this, uh, you know, there, we, we, we live the life of, of, you know, of caterpillars and we cocoon and we butterfly and metamorphize, metamorphosize into who we're going to be. And it's a beautiful thing. However, it happens. It doesn't even matter. Just, you know, just let it be, baby. <laughs> just let it be. Sorry. Hey, you're still, right. you're still a youngster too, huh? aren't you? In like your 20s? No, I'm going to be 32 tomorrow. Actually. Oh, okay. Third. Oh, it's your birthday too, huh? Yeah. Happy birthday to well, thank you. you. Happy and you guys are going to be on. To you. you guys are going to be on a roundtable this weekend uh, <gasps> with uh, with me on uh, yeah. breaking out of the box. Yeah. Yes. I love it, dude. I was like, what? Emmanuel wants us to be on breaking out of the box. I thought Emmanuel's in a box. Are you trying? <laughs> are you looking for an escape route? No, I, we all are. <laughs> That's what's happening. We're going to break everybody free. <laughs> Excellent, man. Yes. Yeah, we're looking really forward to that. We love doing these group shows. They're so fun. Yeah. Uh, just different personalities and different uh, ideas, you know. I think that's the greatest part about this is being able to share those different uh, viewpoints with each other because we we tend to also get locked in our own boxes. And mm-hmm. so, like, the, kind of the best way to get unlocked from that box is to see all sides of it, so to speak, I guess, you know. Yeah, you gotta search everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you mentioned that uh, God gave you the name Emmanuel Kingman. How how does that come about? Well, it's interesting. I did say Jesus, so it's interesting oh, sorry, you call Jesus. Jesus God. So it's well, good that you you recognize. Oh, well, well, beautiful. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so what happened is uh, so the way that I first told it was that it was my higher self, but I've since come to realize that it was always just Jesus. You know, I I didn't understand it when I was more 
of the physical mindset of this is a physical reality only. You know, as I grew in understanding that there's a physical world, then there is a emotional world, then there's a mental world, then there's a spiritual world. So the higher self lives in the spirit world. So as I, you know, climb in these stages, I'm thinking that, oh yeah, that's my higher self. I didn't understand what a higher self meant. I don't think that many people do because it is so foreign to being what we are. Even people who speak about it, you know, like myself still, I, I'm learning it's more than I had thought it was that it's, and maybe it's another level of it. Maybe, you know, when I first connected, it was just to to a, the state that was just above me. And, you know, as I got to the emotional state and then it was in the mental state, then I got to the mental state and it was in the spiritual state. Maybe it does that. I don't know. But what I understand now is that Jesus renames us. And this happened. This is actually a Christian thing that happens. I, I didn't know about it. This. Is. Jesus renames you as you were written into the book of life. And he gives you a new name. And you're not in the book of life until you're given that new name. So when Jesus, the human, says uh, he can only go to the Father who has been born again, or something to that effect, I. I knew of that saying, but I didn't know that it was another thing where they talk about having to be renamed. So what I understand now is that it was Jesus who gave me the name Emmanuel and the the name Kingman came to me because so Emmanuel, it was hard for me to accept, you know, this was a battle that was going on with myself as I was facing myself through meditation and everything. It was like, okay, I know what that word means. But it's not me. I want that to be clear with everybody. You know, I don't think I'm the second coming of Christ uh, or anything to that effect. I know a lot of people think that with the name Emmanuel, you know, it it means God is with us. It means that he is here with us, that Jesus is God. So the so that was coming to me for about two months. And I was like, this is weird, you know, taking on a new name. I don't know how I feel about it. And then one day I'm contemplating it in my truck. And I look over, so the the voice tells me, you know, look to the right. And I look to the right and I see Kingman Drive. And I was like, what, is that my last name? And he was like, you got it. He was just like, you want it to be your last name? And then I, I was like, all right, well, let me look it up. What does King Man mean? I don't want think people thinking that I'm the king, you know, I'm, I'm the man king. So I looked it up and it means one of the king's men. And I was like, okay, God is with us one of the king's men. Okay, that I was like I'm comfortable taking that name on because once you break it down it's like the same thing really like I man U L. Like I man U L. You God, I am man yeah. and to, together wow. we are Emmanuel. Excellent. That's that makes yeah. sense. That's all ph- or phonetically just right on point with the name too. I love it. I never thought about it. That's beautiful. Yeah, uh, I just heard a comedian say yesterday that she was talking about Ricky Martin, and she was like, "We all knew that he was gay, <laughs> obviously, because he was in Men You Do." Oh you know? yeah, Menudo. <laughs> <laughs> Men You Do. <laughs> uh, that's that's <laughs> hilarious. It's a word magic, you know. I know. You guys, <laughs> guys Yo, studying can... the box saga stuff is, you know, all about the word magic. Yeah, dude, it's everywhere too. But you know what? Sometimes you can put your own word magic on things that doesn't necessarily Correct. belong in the right spot. That's also. called manipulation. So, 
You really have yeah. to know the different <laughs> languages and the roots of words and and where they come from. So if I just if you just go la l a right, well that's like a French word or that's also a Spanish word. So you have to know the proper. Well, origin. they both also come from uh, the root Latin, but then mm-hmm. where does Latin come from? Latin was Latin was a, a universal language. So was that the language of Babel? Yeah, probably. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was. I always thought that too. Because when you think about you know French and Spanish, they're all relative. They come from the European region. They come from that and Italian. Yeah, exactly. Italian, exactly. So all of that, and so yeah, we we haven't done an episode on the different root like how many root languages there are because there's arms of it that would be that'd be a fascinating month to get into a month of top yeah. so we're thinking about doing yeah. uh topic months because it's kind of easier to have a whole month i of don't focus. think there's that many i think there might be there's i know germanic and there's latin and uh well i, I don't know it. what hebrew <laughs> would be i don't know if it would be hebrew would be the root or if it's called something else and then there would be something with Chinese. I don't know what that one would be called either. But I think that, you know, that may be it. And maybe, well, I know because the, there, there's the a Russian lot. is. I'm going to say there's a shit ton. Russian just comes off of Hebrew. Well, they all branch off of these ones. So, like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, there, but to begin with, I don't think that there's too many. Germanic is like everything. Like every English is Germanic. Yo, uh, Emmanuel, I, I ha- when you said something earlier, it kind of sparked this question, and I, I wanted to <laughs> form it form it in a, in a sentence question here. Uh, you you said when uh, you know when when you get renamed by Jesus, it, it's at this time when you know the the way your name is when the book of life is written, the way that it is written in the book of life, and that's really interesting to think about because uh, it almost sounds like a form of simulation theory, right? Like if you think mm. people talk about simulation theory, they're talking generally about the matrix and like on a technocratic level. Um, and then there is cosmic reality, right? The the earth celestial body and what have you. But, you know, and then if we were created for a purpose with a purpose, that that put us in some a, a form of simulation, right? Yeah, well... So I don't think that there is a physical simulation, but there yeah. is definitely a, it is a conscious sim- simulation. This is essentially a dream. And I think we're like the furthest, we're the point that is in between being a conscience being and just being here, you know, like an animal, they're conscience, they have consciousness, but they can't really do anything and then lower than that they're they're the next highest then you have plants then you have cells and it breaks down from there but if you look at it we are the bridge between physical life and angelic life if you want to say those terms you know the the next the heavenly realms if you will heaven and hell physical creation and the conscious world so we come from dream upon dream upon dream that i think that we are in a simulation in which we are in the mind of Jesus Christ. We are the body of him. We are all the tiny cells of his mind, and he is asleep, and he is dreaming the best life to live, and he's playing out every single possible scenario that ever could be in his mind, 
before he wakes up from his dream and then he lives his life. Maybe he's born into the world. Maybe it's not a dream. Maybe he's he's a baby in a mother's womb and he's going to be born and he's going to know which life to live because in the simulation, in the mother's womb, in the mother's matrix, everything is safe to practice whatever. That sounds galactic. Yeah, well, I think it is. <laughs> if, you've, if you ever uh, look at the Milky Way, it looks like the inside of a woman's vagina. If you were to be inside of it and looking down, go ahead, pull up a picture of that. Just type in Milky Way galaxy and you'll see it's pink. It's very, it looks exactly like the inside of a, a slit. Yeah. So what are we talking about here? Are we talking about Jesus in a galactic celestial form that could be considered Gaia? Are we talking about the Jesus that supposedly came from Russia and Nephilim? Or the Jesus well, that we know about in the Bible itself. <laughs> so, okay. So, here, I'll, I'll blow your minds again real quick. Because yes, this just came beautiful. to me over the last Please. few days. We love getting blown. <laughs> well, I don't Special. do that. Actually, <laughs> our mind. Our mind. Our mind, Emmanuel. Where's your brain at, man? Come on. Where's your... <laughs> all right. All right. You got me. You're using the, the, the upper head here, sirs. <laughs> okay. So, so it's... So the way things get revealed to me anymore, it's so complex that it breaks it down to me in days that I can really get a grasp on it, you know, a piece of it at a time. So this latest thing was Jesus Christ as man. Was Jesus Christ one singular man? The answer is no. The answer is Yeshua was the head of the body of Christ. So we are all the body of Christ, right? We are all the cells. I think we talked about this before. We are all the cells of God. So we all have our own designation. If you think of us as a football team, there's a quarterback, there's some linemen, there's a running back, there's a wide receiver, there's a tight end, there's a defense, there's special teams, there's coaches at the wazoo. You know, there's so many different people in so many different places that you need it all in order to fill out the entire spectrum of a team. So Yeshua was the head of the body of Christ. If we could imagine that there was one cell leading us all, but equal to us in every way, it was Yeshua. Jesus Christ was not Yeshua. Jesus Christ came through Yeshua. So this is the Greeks. They did not say the name uh, Joshua. They say the name Jesus because we have so we have kings all over the place. Span uh, Spanish looking uh, guy. We have a guy in Russia. We have, like you said, maybe some giant that looked this way. So we have what what is going on is there are many different kings all at the same time who all look very similar, but they don't want to be known as their name. So they say the name Jesus Christ. Their God is who directs them. So they go by the name Jesus Christ, and they're all depicted all over the world, ruling at the same time, and they look very different. Some are white, some are tan, some are black, some are Spanish-looking, but none of them are one man. None of these tales are about one singular man. Many of them are about Yeshua himself doing many, many of these but it is not all him. This is why when Christ resurrects and they don't recognize that the gardener uh, until later on, that that was Jesus that, that just walked by them, but they didn't know it at the time 
because they weren't used to seeing more than one in at the same time, but they all have this general look of, you know, longer hair, you know, it's the look that I have right now, right? It's, but it's not me that necessarily made myself look this way. If you look at pictures of me from years ago, I looked very different. I was very heavy. I lost a hundred pounds. I was also very, very skinny. And, uh, you know, if you, you can look at, I have a picture of when I was super skinny, then super fat, then, uh, last year, three different people completely, you know, it just, I changed completely. So I have garnered this look as I get closer to Jesus Christ. And it's making me realize that we start to look like our creator as we let him do his will through us. So it is just, this is why we have so many different photos and everyone's like, oh, well, that's a bunch of white guys, but we know in the Middle East, Yeshua would be black or more darker skinned anyway. And it's like, yes, of course. He, he looks like all of us. We we all have the image of God. You ever hear the angel uh, of the Lord? This is also Jesus Christ in angel form, but it was there's many of them. There is so many angels of the Lord because they're all Jesus Christ uh, reproducing themselves over and over. And I, I actually, I talked about this on my appearance on Zero with Sam Tripoli. I just didn't recognize it at the time of what I was saying. But I said, we are all Jesus and that we all like when I see there's so many Jesuses all over the place, just with everybody at once, they're all angels of the Lord. And it's just it is the image of God that we see when we take psychedelics it, or, you know, there's many different ways where we can see the image of the Lord somewhere. But as soon as we see it, we know it. And it is Jesus Christ. Long hair and beard, usually, like especially white guys, long hair and beard. They're just be like they look like Jesus a lot. They they depict yeah. the version of Jesus. Yeah, so, yeah. It's so it's so weird, dude. Because like, uh, the, you know, a few weeks ago, I I was just uh in the in the chat rooms, and uh, I was I was going and finding different pictures of Jesus, and uh, you could find depictions of him from China, uh that say he was Jesus, you can find uh, African-American or African-looking Jesus. You can find white Jesus, uh, whatever, even Buddha. Some people believe that he was Krishna or whatever. So, I mean, there's so many different forms of Jesus. So it's very interesting that, that you say that he was all these different forms in different places teaching everybody. Uh, this sounds very like Voltron-ish or Inception. You know, we're all <laughs> incepting in the dream and mm-hmm. coming together. And, and dude, it's blows blows me away. It's kind of crazy. What's that? What's that theory called when there, or not a theory, but it's a concept of where an idea kind of rushes across the planet and the globe to people. Like they'll have an idea. And then next thing you know, it's like how fads are started or things are started oh, across the globe, collect, connecting into the collective consciousness. But this kind of ties into a topic that I wanted to dig in with you. Um, and so you reference these different kings across the globe or the planet, the plane, whatever. Sorry, <laughs> didn't have to correct myself there, but I did. Um, and then they're connecting with God, right? Because they're they're in a position to where they're dedicated to their religion, their spirituality, right? These, these people. And, um, 
And so they're trying to connect with God. That's their mission and what have you, as it is for a lot of us. Um, and understand it's, it's, uh, I wanted to talk about the cross, the shape of the cross, and if it has ties to, you know, these, um, uh, consciousness and, and etherical technology. Because a lot of the, you know, the buildings that we're calling Tartarian or, you know, things that would be harnessed for, uh, etheric, ethereal, uh, energy to come through them. They all have crosses on, on top of a lot of them. And a lot of kings and, and rulers and not even necessarily rulers, but, you know, people that were, you know, into, um, into spirituality and religion from, you know, a while back, all the way back to hermeticism, they would have staffs, staffs. And on top of those staffs, they would either have crosses or they would have shapes and conductive materials highly a lot of times. And then brings you to the crown and the crown is generally worn with conductive materials, jewels, and the shapes of crosses or multiple crosses. And so I've been trying to find some sort of ties to the cross being more than just a representation of of what we know on a mainstream level, because I think the true information about it may be being suppressed. And so when you can go, there's so many different variants of, of cross in every single country and every single culture. And there's there's potentially thousands of them with all their different meanings. But I think it's because it all comes from that one uh, pre-flood culture, that that time and place, like Atlantean time, and and when the world was just different, the golden age, if you will, you know, this time, this period. So I wanted to to see what your take is on that, and talking about maybe Jesus and in, in this this like uh, lens on pre-flood and. Uh, earth as this like potential time in like a golden age period okay well there are there are many like you said many different uh uses for the cross uh so i would take religion out of it completely you know religion everyone listening religion didn't exist before the last reset it did not no religion existed Okay, but I do want to say Yeshua was probably the one who was hung on the cross. You know, we were just finishing talking about that. I think Yeshua was the one who was doing many of the things. He was the one that suffered, and he did those things for all of us. So I don't want to take away from that. Uh, but so getting to the T, you know, why what why was he hung on a T? Why was he hung on a cross? And then we also have all these energetic meetings. Like obviously they were doing this not to many people but they were hanging people crucifying people on crosses mm-hmm. why is that it's, it's a strange thing i played with the idea before that you know someone that above this place there's uh big letters that say plain t and someone read it and said planet and they you know then they told us we're on a planet but we're on plain t so it was it's very interesting you know how word play works wow. out that way so the cross what does the cross represent because it does represent all these energetic properties like you're saying and there's so many different variations of the cross where you have the bag on top where you know it's a cross but on the top it's like a bow not a bag but a, a bow the, that you could like the carry anki or uh yeah the, the anki. Ankh. yeah anki. yeah Sounds so like right it does so, so you have you have many different forms of it. So, 
to me, it's definitely has something to do with energy, but it has something to do even more than that. So, like I said, if we take religion out of this completely and you fold up that cross, it is a cube, right? Now, the Bible, so if we take religion out of this completely, the Bible is a story that was happening to these people all throughout history, and they would add on a book here, every generation adds on a book. Someone was divinely inspired every generation, and that was their history book. It had nothing to do with religion. It had everything to do with warning us against allowing the technology into our universe to keep the box unfolded, have the cross, and we would have the energy running through as we needed. But once we go to the, the cube, once we fold up that cross, then no longer will the, the energy be swirling around. So I think that it probably has more to do with that than anything else. And that's, that is my opinion, but I think it's all stems from that. That blew my that mind is an about interesting thing, cube, the cube. Being something folded I should up definitely cube. look up. What was that? That's so interesting. I never realized that the cross is unfolded as a cube. And that's super fascinating because it even goes deeper down you know, a rabbit hole of understanding math and understanding physics and trying to understand these shapes and going into shapes mm -hmm. on a, on a, on a huge level, because like you're talking about earlier about psychedelics, what's one thing you always see when you're tripping in your head? Shapes. You, you see triangles, shapes. you see squares, circles. It's, it's so that, that type of energy and that type of, you know, cosmic electricity, that conscious electricity, that sticky sticky ether right that oozy shit that's th that molasses oh that goop man that is <laughs> that's a trip i so i just so, looked uh, it up wow metatron's cube okay so so is metatron holding us in with the cube metatron, <laughs> metatron is right is uh is Enoch. transformers Enoch. yeah you know, that's megatron yeah, Megatron is Transformers. Yeah, but hey, I mean that's. It's but they do go after words. the cube. They go after the Tesseract, which is a yeah. square. Yeah, so that's oh, pretty interesting. That's some. So that's some. That's some deep, deep shit right there. Right. With Enoch being Metatron, it's also there are we all have our own doppelganger, right? This is a doppelganger universe. I'm finding out that it's not a dualistic universe. It's a doppelganger universe. It's a bunch of programs of us clones if you will of us but they're programmed responses they're bots they're automated response units you know it's <laughs> someone is they are categorizing all of our movements and then they are putting that th those programs inserting it into other people and into these artificial bodies maybe maybe biological real bodies i don't know but they a, a are little automated mix of, a little responses mix of the both of us yeah yeah, and they all have enough, I, I believe this to be true anyway, that I believe that this is the two different seeds that I talk about uh, at different times, the serpent seed versus God seed, the, the blood that no longer is anything able, well, I mean, it is all, everything has the capability of free will, so we can all either live by the serpent rule or we can live by God's rule, and this is kind of the battle of the blood where God purposely put Eve in the position to sin because he knew that she would mingle with the serpent seed so that he could then eventually 
all of the serpent seed would be infected with God's seed and God could recall his seed and it would override the program. So we'd wake up all of the machines out of the machine, essentially, that all of the programs that are here, they've been here, you know, they could just keep reprogramming things. These Nazis, these fallen angels, these uh, white people, Nordics, blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, all of the, and when I say Nordics, I mean Nordic aliens, the, the tall whites or whatever number of names that they have been given all throughout history, the space brothers and all that stuff from Venus. They are fallen angels. Venus is the morning star, Lucifer. You know, it's, they are always the same, the Aryan race. They are always the same, just given new names over and over. And they kept creating these programs, the serpent seed, and they would just uh, watch us take our data. This would happen every so often that they would take our data. The minds have depicted um, drawings of computers and uh, rockets. You can, once you look at it with those eyes, you can see that they were depicting technologies. So they would uh, essentially take the consciousness out of the human body at first and put in false consciousness. They come from the abyss. They're demons. that They come from the nothingness. And they switch with the, the humans that are here. And then they kept creating fake bodies, but the fake bodies wouldn't biologically reproduce. So they had to keep mixing with humans until they had enough of the human DNA or blood and then washed by the blood. You know, we're washed by Jesus's, by Christ's blood. That's literal. The serpent seed is being overtaken, and God is recalling all of his seed now. Excuse me. So it all kind of combines to where that, you know, we're fighting that essentially, that there's a serpent seed within all of us, but we are also all within God. And it's, and I forget how I even got here, but <laughs> it's well, a, wanna... and a lot of myths too. There's a there's always like a twin brothers, and one's like oh, the, the lower self, and right. one's the higher self. So when you talk about like the doppelganger of the lower self and higher self, that's kind of similar to the mythos too. Is uh, maybe maybe the mythos are just stories to try to get us into that way of thinking, and because uh, the hero's journey is about finding your true self and your spiritual self and getting out of the the so-called mother matrix that we're all existing in and reaching that higher plane of existence. I mean, isn't that what the whole point of enlightenment is, is to overcome your own brain and get out of your brain verse, I guess you could say. <laughs> That's that yes. metamorphosis, yo. Mm-hmm. And we have the Digital doppelgangers, you know, that's a term now that's being thrown around because they're making a digital you, but not just for no reason, because they want to send you there so that they can inhabit your body. And they want to send you there through psychedelics, through meditation, through uh, VR, through TV and sports and entertainment and the media and whatever you want to do, social media, metaverse. However you want to go into that universe, and I'm not saying that all of those things are bad, but you have to understand that we're sending ourselves into another dimension, even doing this talking that we're doing, you know, being yeah on a cell phone. That's creating it. You're interdimensionally 
talking from one portal to another portal. It's it's magic. Yes, it is. So speaking of magic, do you think magic is bad? Because to me, I I have like a what's that when each letter represents a, a certain thing and it forms a word? I forget what that's called. Anagram. Spell? It's not an anagram. Yeah, I think I think it's something like that. Uh, but anyways, it's a uh, magi, and it stands for master monogram. Art. Maybe no, it's not a monogram. Not a oh, monogram. Sorry, I, no, <laughs> I messed you okay. up. Uh, but magi means a uh, master architect, galactic intelligent to me, and uh, that kind of goes to what you were talking about earlier with how we're all part of God in this galactic God that exists. And uh, he's just asleep, and we're all, all the stars and everything within it are just all different cells within the galactic body. And uh, so that's kind of what I use to refer to him as, is the Magi. But also, because uh, what also we get from the universe is magic. We get the energy, and we get all the things that we are able to use, the tools of those energies to be able to uh, transport ourselves through life itself. And so... Uh, I just wanted to uh, throw that out there too. But uh, what's up, Roman? I, I think that's that's really interesting, and that is that's beautiful. And what that made me think of was like, uh, you know, when you think about what Emmanuel said earlier, it's like we're talking to each other interdimensionally, right? This is a form of magic. It's a movement of energy, so on and so forth. Well, we all have these special devices that have, you know crystals in it, gold in it, wires, you know, programming and so on and so forth in order to have this uh, um, conductivity to be able to hold that information and, and do it. So it's a type of body, right? And uh, and I think about how if we were able to do that through our computer brains, right? Our brains are a form of computer, our consciousness into that same thing that you, when you connect your wire, your Wi-Fi, it's a form of consciousness on that body level. And so you have this way that we can interchange our consciousness with electricity and collective consciousness connecting to Wi-Fi and stuff like that. Crazy transhumanist stuff that Elon Musk is trying to work on. Uh, you know, which is still kind of valid. And what I was getting at earlier with the crowns, like kings wearing crowns and being able to have more access and heightened access to the collective consciousness into that area, that's a form of transhumanism in a different age, in a different time, in a different yeah. culture, right? That was their form of transhumanism to extend life, to connect the consciousness to the cloud. I'm getting a big time yes on that from you my know higher I'm, self saying, oh yeah, that is that Atlanta shit. Yep. Exactly. And that's what I'm talking about. That's what I was getting at. That's why I'm looking into the energy and the crosses and why there's so much suppression and esotericism behind it and around it. Anyways, the... uh uh, but when, when we use there's magic on the level of the physical realm the here and now which would be like words and spell and that type of magic but then there's that that magic that requires your consciousness only on a different plane and i think they both exist and something else i wanted to get into too before because you were talking about you brought up a bunch of stuff <laughs> uh you brought the fallen angels you brought up Aryan nation you brought up these northern whites and all this those to me all sound like people that if it did exist here, a hollow earth existed and Nagartha Shambhala was a thing, I think potentially those would be the people that always seem to retreat and go to that area of Agartha. So what's your feelings on that? Uh, well, I, so I'll say this because I, I don't know how, it would happen. Honestly, I don't know why they would be white. A lot of people 
they look at that and I mean, that is where white supremacy comes from because they are fallen angels who, I mean, if you go to the world's fairs, even, you know, not that long ago, you can see how super racist it was, but was it a thing where that was actually factual that they were higher dimensional beings at one point? I don't know, but how would that happen? So I'm getting into crater earth a little bit. This guy, I don't even know how to say his, the YouTube name. It's like Godge. Lavast something i don't know he's he's not he's not from america but he speaks english i think it's belgian crater earth yeah okay i'll, I'll send up. it to you guys uh when i get a second here but he he brings up the point of the ben ben stone i don't know if you guys are familiar with the ben ben stone okay yep. the uh Space Odyssey 2001, the monoliths that started popping up everywhere. He brings up the idea, well, what if these monoliths... Okay, so let's say this artificial intelligence, quote-unquote, isn't actually artificial. That it's actually a conscious being that's just being dormant. It's pretending to be artificial, which it would do that because it doesn't have... It can't compete with us. So there's no point in revealing itself. It has to just lay dormant until it can strike, you know, maybe like a snake might do. So it's like what, hibernating, gaining energy, maybe, or, or, or just observing and trying to trying to be a uh, heisty with it. All right, all right, yeah, trying to get us to do different things. So what if it's sending out these signals that are turning that turned these hominid beings into something that had less hair and maybe a little more intelligent, right? So. Over time, what happens is these beings, if they were being radiated, if they were given radiation poisoning to whatever effect, they would start to lose hair and they would start to whiten. They would. So this guy brings up the idea, well, what if there was some kind of place they got stuck with this stone and they just kept getting radiation poisoning over and over, which brings up the idea of box what dan said was telling me about that they're trapped in the ice well what if they're trapped in the ice with one of these monoliths and it made them this way but it also made them more intelligent over time as they reproduced and i don't know maybe something to that effect and if that were true, then they would have created a cavity within the earth in order yeah. to move around everywhere. Like you're saying that they would be, they would know their way down there and they could move around and maybe. So I also had this idea when Dan was telling me about box. Saga, maybe they weren't talking about Sweden. Maybe they're talking about Greenland where it's still covered over in ice. Maybe they're still there and you can actually find scientific evidence that says there is an ice dome over Greenland. So maybe they dug their way through these, uh, through inner earth, if you will, just, I would rather say it's cavities within a more of a realmed, like a layered thing rather than uh, being a hollow earth, just to give everyone a picture of what I'm uh, trying to, get here but if they like they went under the sea right from greenland under the water all the way to the netherlands and that's how they escaped and maybe they said oh yeah we were under there for two million years or whatever 50 million years however long they said but it's actually still there they just worked their way out 
something I was thinking that was interesting about that whole, you know, the theory of inner earth and, and such is, yes, we have lots and lots of proof of, you know, cavities within the earth and lots of caves. There's just, there's mad proof of that big ones, uh, ecosystems mm-hmm. grow with, uh, underground rivers and specific types of plants and then, uh, bioluminescent algae and bioluminescent bugs, things that start to adapt over time and create their own sort of light form. It's really interesting. Uh, you know, you find it at depths of the ocean where those fish with the, the bob lights and then you, you find it in, in really dark places on the earth, right? So it's really fascinating that life always finds a way. But something else I was thinking, you know, if these people that, that had, you know, the knowledge of the, the ether energy and how to harvest it and stuff, the inside of the earth is where all of these conductive materials are created. They get mined from the earth. So if they're living where you don't have to mine or they're living inside of mines and basically are just super charging all of this stuff and have massive amounts of energy. I mean, if it's close to the North and South pole, which is the electromagnetic hotspots creation <laughs> energy hotspots, you know, uh, obviously, you know, you need the grounding, right? Cause one is going to be super positive. One's going to be super negative polarity, alchemy, so on and so forth. But that struck me within the last couple of days was thinking about, wow, well, they are in our earth. They, and they have knowledge about, you know, conductivity and these such. I'm thinking they're using it and they're using that. And that's why they don't really necessarily have to leave because they have all the energy they might need. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that they have all the energy that they need. See, I, I was thinking too, when you're talking about Greenland, I always thought something's up with Greenland. And I think there's yeah, something yes. going on with Greenland more than so than Antarctica. But all the, all the, Antarctica could be a push is towards Antarctica, so we don't even Look think left. about Greenland. You know, it's the sleight of hand trick. Yeah, it's Classic. Greenland and Switzerland. You know, that's the the two lands that they. That, yeah. I mean, they openly live in Switzerland. We know this. So I'm gonna get kind of weird here for a second. Oh, yeah. And uh, have you ever heard of a sine wave? A sine wave? Yes. Yes. Uh, basically what we were talking about with the caduces right it's it's the motion of the of of the back and forth and then they cross right when they cross so a sine wave uh if you look at the word it's sin right a sin wave you could say oh okay and so when we're talking about these crosses being energy and then jesus putting being dying on a cross for the sins of mankind. I'm wondering if there's some uh, electric principle there. Like maybe is, is he dying for the sine wave? Is he dying because now this, this uh, electricity or this power that we have is, is now gone and it's being destroyed because when you get into Tartaria, that seems like what happened is technology was very high and then technology died. It all went away. And if is, is Jesus being on the cross, a symbol of that technology going away. Whoa. Yeah, I've never thought of that before. <laughs> That's beautiful. And you don't even, you don't even pl- uh, play on the synthesizers, man. You got that sine wave shit down to a T bro. Is That's that a music the day theory. that the music died? Yeah, is that is, oh, is that a, is that from something? The day the music died. And the That's day a song. That that, that's a famous song, died. right? What's 
Yeah. And I'm singing, bye-bye, Miss American Pie. I drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. And good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye. Singing, this will be the day that I die. This will be the day that I die. <laughs> See, I, I couldn't have the show. Bravo. Roman, man. man. It's glorious, Roman. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's such a yeah, good so To answer your question, yeah, I had never thought of that before. Uh, I mean, it very could well be a symbolic gesture of uh, something to that effect. That because I do think it's the millennial kingdom, like Tartaria. I think was just just very brief and in one area, but it took over, ev- tried to take over everything, but then it was maybe thinned out a little too much, and then the humans took over. What is the millennial kingdom? Because I am clueless as to what that is. Okay, so the, the Bible <laughs> talks you about the last conversation. Roman? What with the Mondays? Yeah. No. Okay. Well, so I didn't I, really get into that. Okay. Go, go yeah, ahead. I, go I don't ahead. know if I've ever heard this term. Yeah. So they're about to have someone on that that breaks it down uh, pretty well in a few days here. So nice. uh, you'll have to catch his. Uh, but. What I know is the millennial kingdom is the Bible talks about a thousand year millennial reign of Christ, that Christ will reign on the planet for a thousand years and Satan will be tied in the pit. So, you know, to me, I'm finding out that there's timeline deception, that there's pockets of time that have been added in throughout our history. And And thousand year groupings usually too, right? And what year? Like well, like in thousand year chunks or or hundred year chunks. Yeah, yeah, there could be hundred year chunks. It could be up to a thousand. Uh, I found pretty good solid evidence to say at least seven hundred years were added in. And it's not that I found it. You know, other people have found it, and I am, you know, just finding their work. But all the evidence is supplied for us. So there's at least seven hundred years that have really been taken out, and it could be up to a thousand. Uh, maybe it could be more than that, I guess, you know, because Anatoly Fomenko thinks that uh, everything just uh, just happened recently, that the Old Testament comes after the New Testament. And it's very, uh, very weird. I just believe that it's probably he doesn't maybe doesn't look at it as these events are different events. He tries saying every event that's of similar nature is the same event. And. Yeah. I believe it's the Fibonacci sequence that everything is just repeating itself on larger and smaller mm-hmm. scales. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, but with the evidence of the missing time, so if our timeline, if we're, we're having time added on, if we're being pushed away, why would that be? Well, when we start to look out, they're Satanist and they wear upside down crosses, they hate Jesus. You know, they don't talk badly about any other character, Buddha, Krishna, you know, no one else. Do they do anything? remotely bad at but jesus they're always mocking jesus always with the mocking of jesus why this is what really led me into understanding why jesus was god because i was like why do they hate jesus so much why do they mock him and then i start to find out this stuff and i'm like well maybe they were he was actually king here and then you know, this was before I had the idea that I just told you guys earlier that Jesus Christ was more than just one man, that it was many men. So if these many kings were ruling all around the same time, all in different places on the earth, 
and they all had the same look and they were all saying Jesus Christ is ruling them, then they would want to cover that up. Uh, there's a, you got a question? What, t- what like time frame quote, I'm using, using these quotes here. Would you, would you stamp on this just to give, is we talking about the millennial kingdom still, right? Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So we'll work down a little timeline here for you. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, so year zero, why does, or year one, we'll say, why does time ever even start? Right. That's a, always a question of mine. Why did they start keeping track of time? And it doesn't make sense what they tell us that it was, you know, BC before Christ, AD after death. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, when Especially we start on like to, a on a big level, like what they this who decided they all came to a, a global exactly. council and decided this when was this, you know, probably like who changed rule. It probably changed multiple times. I would I would think that there was multiple changes of that. Well, yeah, anno, anno domini, right? And yeah, anno domini, yeah, in the year of our Lord. So okay, so to me. Like you were just saying, Roman, you know, they can't even decide whether Jesus was born 6 uh, BC, 7 BC, but if he's born BC, you know, some say 4 BC, some say 3 AD, 5 AD, you know, how are there all these discrepancies? Uh, No one knows his actual birthday because it's been told to us it's Christmas, but a lot of people figure out that it's probably 9-11, which makes sense to me in that if it was in the Southern Hemisphere, then it would be uh, 9-11 is uh, the first day of the year in Ethiopia. That is their first day of the year. Ethiopia is significant because it was the only Bible that still housed the Book of Enoch and the other 14 or 13 Jubilees, Ezra's, uh, and so on. The other 13 books are still in the canon, so they still have 80 books in their canon, where everybody else didn't. Everyone else had 66. 66 which is a weird number 66 ad keep that in mind okay so so what happens is uh okay but still with ethiopia very interesting housing the ark of the covenant and the book of enoch enoch is actually i believe from ethiopia because he talks about when he's being shown heaven earth and sheol he points out the red sea which is called at that time the eritrean sea which is also interesting because I just said the Ark of the Covenant is there. Well, there's this uh, terrorist group called the Erythrean Defense Force that came and murdered, slaughtered two years ago between 800 and 1,000 church members to steal the Ark of the Covenant. So Really? Yeah. So there are the Erythrean Defense Forces. This was the Eritrean Treancy. It's like one letter difference. There's an H in one of them and there isn't in the other so he points out the erythrean sea and that's the only time he points out a sea why would he point out that sea unless he knew that sea and where is that sea well that is the red sea that we would know as that it's right there in ethiopia and you know they they mock ethiopia which means it's probably of some significance they mocked it for a long time on south park so it means it's probably of some significance Okay, so why do I say that? Because 9-11 is their first day of the year. Very interesting. They they have a different calendar than us. I don't even want to get into all that. But 9-11 in the Southern Hemisphere is the first day where in the Northern Hemisphere, we would be like March 19th, March 22nd, somewhere around there, right? 
because in the northern hemisphere we would you know we would be uh, having spring would be the first day of the year that's how it always worked out until this calendar system okay so back to why would they start keeping track of time now it's probably not Jesus's birthday it's probably not why the entire world makes the calendar maybe Ethiopia does that because it's very localized and they're like oh this is our lord that's possible but there has to be a reason why we start keeping track of time and also just another side note in Ethiopia last year 2020 was the year 2012 actually and on their calendar so very interesting, right? That this Ethiopia seems to be the, the place to be uh, in my story right now, anyway. So, if Jesus was born 7 BC, according to the Northern Hemisphere, then the most actual accurate calendar we have is Ethiopia being seven to eight years behind, seven and a half years behind our calendar. So, that's very interesting. So why do I think that the time started being kept is because during the millennial reign, Christ is said, well, no, it doesn't say Christ, actually. It says somebody will bound Satan and throw him in the pit for a thousand years. That's why time was being kept. Keep going. Just keep, okay. So uh, a thousand years is being you were counting down to something rather than counting up or counting down. And everyone remembers Y2K was a big countdown, right? I mean, I, we were counting down for months when that was coming yeah. because of, because of our technology and keep in mind, you know, this is where the demons are coming from the other side. So this was a big deal. Like, are they going to live on what's going to happen? Because it's hitting the thousand year mark, but they were off by a year, you know, maybe they were, they were just getting everybody excited using their loose, right? And then what happens 9-11-2001 is? Yeah, World Trade Center. World Trade Center. New York City. We have D.C. It's the takeover. It's the those demons that had already infiltrated the earth. They completed their takeover of the United States of America. So if we have a thousand years added into our history, and Jesus' birthday is 9 11 the year one so then we just take 9 11 2001 minus a thousand years and you have 9 11 1001 which is 1000 years after satan was thrown into the pit so 9 11 2001 may very well have been a celebration of satan being loosed from the pit as the bible says and do, do what about uh well, because when we were talking to Gary Wayne, he mentioned that the Great Flood happened around 2438 or something like that, B.C. And uh, to me, I was like, ooh, that sounds a lot like the end of uh, an age. Because if you go backwards to zero, uh, they say like an age in the Zodiac is about 2400 to 2600. Nobody, For some reason, nobody really knows, which I don't understand because it seems like a science, if it's true, you know, that they'd be able to figure it out. So if, if a cataclysm happened in 2400 and then zero would be the start of a new age. And so the time would change and go to a new calculation. And so, and then we'd be in the age of Pisces. So I, I kind of go that route with, uh, 
religion and, and everything because I, I think everything has a human um, explanation. Uh, but what do you think about that aspect that maybe it started a new age or new time calendar, I guess you could say, because we're just going into a new age? Well, so everything physical is a symbolic representation of the spiritual world, of the mental world, of the emotional world. So if as above, so below, it would be happening on many scales. So I, yeah, I think that's probably uh, something uh, to what you're saying. Uh, and it's interesting, but I say I think that the second destruction of the world happened as well, according to the Bible, you know, by fire. I think that's how Tartaria ended. I think that's how the millennial kingdom ended or is ending because we're still technically in it. But yeah, it could very well have been uh, the the beginning stages of some kind of ending, you know, some another kind of period. I'm not sure. In uh, Bach Saga, they say that in the year 1050 BC or AD is when the Romans came and uh, destroyed hell and they set hell on fire, which is where we get the idea of hellfire. Um, and and so they burned down hell in 1050. Helsinki, so, just to let everybody know. Yeah, so if you, if you go from a 1,000 years from there, you're at uh, 2050 and we're approaching... I guess the end of that thousand years, if, if you think that they destroyed Satan at that time and then Christ reigned for a thousand years after the fact, that would put us around 10, 2050. Interesting. So, so the way that I interpret the millennial kingdom, you know, when you first hear it on its face, you're like, oh, it's the, the millennial reign of Christ. It's going to be beautiful, right? But then I kind of step back and thought, well, why would it be beautiful? You know, if we do have all these leaders all over the place that are acting in the way of a loving, peaceful creator, that they're all being kings in the way that they're working with everyone to give everyone this free energy that we're seeing and attributing to Tartaria, this loving, peaceful, uh, universal realm that we had at one time. Well, okay. That would that would be something really great, but what's really happening there is Satan is being removed from the picture. It's the demonic influence that's being removed. So humanity still has its own free will to do its own will. And so during this time, we're also having the Christian Crusades, we're having the Catholic Inquisition, we're having all of these violent things happen in the name of Christ because these individuals, for whatever reason... Now, maybe they were going after the serpent seed. That's very likely the way that I'm starting to interpret everything is that they were trying to destroy the serpent seed that, you know, that wasn't that wasn't giving itself over to to our creator. It was just uh, part of the hive mind of Satan. So maybe, you know, I don't know all of the things, obviously, but I'm trying to work out of my head. Mm-hmm. what all this is and i'm not condoning any of that I, I just want to be clear on that so anyone listening you know i don't condone any of the christian crusades but i think that if satan were removed and and the veil was lifted that there would be a lot of angry people who were going to then try to 
burn down the leaders who did this to us, right? I think that we can see that happening in today's day and age, that if every the veil was to be lifted, there would be a lot of angry people who would do a lot of those things, and they would be doing it in the name of Christ. Does that mean that that's a Christ-like thing to do? No, it doesn't. Does that mean that it's okay to do? No, it doesn't. But I think that's just kind of what happens. I don't think that it's all of a sudden just peace and love, man, you know, all, yeah. all harmony. There's a lot of uh, hate that has been pumped in here for a long time, a lot of deception. One thing one thing I, I always thought of is that Jesus dying for the sins of mankind was a psyop. Because if you tell people that you're dying for all their sins, what does that give them the ability to do? but commits sins freely and then ask for forgiveness later. You know, you see it a lot in, in humanity. They go, well, I can be a fucking piece of shit for this whole week. As long as I go confess my sins on Sunday and then all is forgiven and I can still get into the kingdom. So what do you, what do you, what do you think about that? Do you think like that dying, that Jesus dying for the sins of mankind help mankind not sin? Or if he so did, it was die for the sins, quote unquote. Yeah, so Yeshua did die for the sins. Uh, I, so the way that I see it is time we know isn't linear, right? You guys are with this, uh, understand yeah. that. Okay. So, cycle. Right. So if time isn't linear and everything's just happening now, right? Everything's a now moment. So that would mean that Jesus is on the cross now. He's being hung on the cross now. So as he's dying, if you send him the energy of your sins, he will take it from you when he is dead, you know? But he is also dead now because he is, you know, it's everything is the now moment. So in that way, if we look at it, that he, because he, you know, I connected with him while he was on the cross over the course of three days and he was telling me this like send me your sins it's actually one of my intros you know i change up my intro every so often and i think it was like uh, i don't know around the 40s or the 50s is one of those uh groups in there it has the intro where i'm telling somebody this in uh in an interview because it it just came through me you know how i kind of relate some information to you guys earlier it just comes to me that way so I don't think he, okay, so it's like a multi-layered question. I don't think that he died in order for us to not sin. I think he was covering our debt, so to speak. So then we were being wiped clean at that time. And he was showing us that no matter what we do, we don't have to shy away from the Father because what happens is we get ashamed, we get filled with fear and guilt and all of these bad emotions, and we're afraid to face it. And we don't want to ever look at what brings up those types of emotions and feelings. We don't want to look at our trauma. But really, the only way through it is to look at it, make peace with it, understand that we don't want to feel that way again, we don't want to make others feel that way again, and then let it go. But if you face, face your demons head on, right. so to speak. Yes, exactly. And if you don't do this, well, then, you know, you're going to make yourself suffer in hell because you're going to be without Christ. 
if you are with Christ, then you know that he is with you and that he will take that burden from you. All you have to do, and he will show you the love and grace that you need, all you have to do is really face it and let go of that feeling and everything that that feeling branched off and birthed all these new personalities and all these new bad traits that you've created in order to protect yourself from ever looking at it. You snapped at this person this time. And when you snapped at this person, it branched off and made this person very sad and it hurt them. And from there, you know, it just, it goes all over the place. So we have to, uh, look at ourselves and, and there's also the part where we, so like you're saying, some people could have interpreted it that way that, oh, I'm free to sin now because there's a lot of people, a lot of people who consider themselves uh, to be Christians. I myself do not consider myself to be Christian, but I've come to know that we're supposed to be as pure as we can, you know, the way God would want us and the way Christians call it, they talk about it is following the law. Are we supposed to follow the law? Are we under the law or are we under grace? There's a big thing in the Christian community. Well, it's both. If you are under his grace and you want to be the best version of yourself, then you're going to follow the laws. And it doesn't matter if someone wrote down these laws. It doesn't matter where these laws came from. It's not, I don't call it the laws. I didn't know it to be that. You know, I just, I did certain things because I could feel that it made me feel better to the creator when I would, you know, not sin, when I don't curse, when I clean up trash, when I'm faithful to my wife, when I'm not having uh, whatever, you know, when I'm not doing whatever it is that I was sinning, when I'm not committing those sins, I feel better and I feel the creator likes it better. So I just, I just keep going in that direction. So it could be turned and used as a psyop for sure, because uh, some people could interpret it that way, but Yeshua definitely died for our sins. He came here purposely to do that, uh, and then from there, you know, there's much more levels that 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 actually gets into. Does anyone know the phonetic or etymology of the word sin and where it comes from and what what it might tie into? Uh, sin used to be in Sumerian. He was the moon god. Uh, and you have uh, Mount Sinai, which is Sin, Sin I. Mm-hmm. So is the Mount of the Moon, Moon mm-hmm. Mountain, or the God of the Moon owned that land? He was the Lord over the Sinai. Mm-hmm. What uh, what do you, what's your uh feel feels on Gnosticism? Um, so I like the way that uh Miguel Connor, I had him on my podcast. And I liked what he had to say. It's actually my trailer. So if you go episode 33, no less. uh, The trailer is him talking about uh, Jesus being more than just a man. He was actually sent from the Supreme Creator. I guess he's talking about Yeshua, actually, when when now I'm reflecting on it. But I, I think Gnosticism has definitely has its place it's an interpretation of what they saw as the creator so uh i'm not i don't know enough about it in order to give a detailed answer on it but i th- think there's a l- many things that are based in truth 
Yeah, it's, I, I listen to uh, Miguel's show sometimes because he's, I mean, he goes deep and he goes hard. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he ties in a lot. I, I like Gnosticism for a lot of those reasons because, you know, he's taking in a lot of your your ties. I figured you would vibe with it a little bit because he's he's not deep in the Christian realm, but follows a lot of the, the like these different words, liter- so much literature. It's insane. Um, but then also Hermeticism ties into that too. Yeah, yeah, there's a, a lot of different things that they have. Uh, I mean, everything has its own interpretation. That's the beauty. You know, J- Jesus wants us to learn the truth how we can, because we're all so different, and we all learn different ways, and we are all in very different places. You know, uh, is Jesus going to go to a heroin addict the way he would go to a rich man, or the same way he would go to... Uh, someone who's working seven jobs, you know, doing part-time things. Like, how is Jesus going to present himself to all these different people in all these different places uh, in the same way? He's just not going to. He has to come to you where you are, and he'll meet you on your level, and he's never going to judge you. He's just going to be there with you, and he's going to walk you around the circle, and he's going to say, you know, do you want to do this, or do you want to do this? It's your conscience. He's going to say, you know, do you want to push that old lady down or do you want to help her up? You know, do you want to listen to your conscience strong enough to the point where you go back and change something that you just walked past? You know, did you walk by a piece of trash Then now I got to go back because my conscience won't allow me. I'll have a guilty conscience if I go do this. You know, that is you are doing this to yourself, actively doing it. And the more that I abide by my conscience, the more I realize how I can feel the little changes in frequency in me when I don't pay attention to it and then when I do pay attention to it. I can feel it always because my my third eye, my crown chakra, it's always open. I'm always, literally, I'm always connected to the heavenly realms. And I am very sensitive. I feel my pineal gland is just open in the middle of my brain. It's just open and I can feel it tugging on me. And if I have a tinge of guilt, I can feel it lower me just a little bit. And I see my environment. I feel my environment becomes a little bit different. How, how, did, how did you get to the point of like unlocking these abilities and being able to receive downloads and because uh, I know you do also like chakra healings and you've talked uh, about before to me, like uh, cutting the heads off of serpents. Like you see like these uh, Kudalini snakes or whatever coming from people. Uh, can you can you tell us a little bit about that stuff? Uh, yeah. So what I do and a lot of people, they'll hear the word chakra. Christians will hear the word chakra and they'll cover their ears, you know. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it, man, it freaks them out, dude. It does. <laughs> so I use the the term energy centers because it's, uh, you know, it's a much more comforting word for people to understand. We have we all have energy centers. There's many of them in us. We have seven main ones, maybe nine main ones because we have two more coming in, and it's a different way. But you have energy centers in you. 
And there's, I mean, there's many, 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 there's hundreds, thousands uh, of energy centers in between your bones, you know, and your fingers where you have little pockets of air, they're energy centers. So what I do is I call in uh, Jesus Christ and I'm, I meditate with people. So, okay. So before I get there, how did I get these abilities was your first question, right? So it kind of just happened for me. And I'll explain how it happened, but I don't suggest anybody go try this at home. You know, warning, do not try at home. I had my crown chakra pop open from doing too big of a bong hit. And what that did for me, it just kind of left my head in a throbbing, a slight throbbing, but I could feel something happening to me. My my brain synapses were firing on new levels that I didn't know how or why. I, I mean, I knew why it was from the bong hit, but I don't know, like, I didn't know what all that meant. And then Christmas two years ago, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, the astrotheology of the sun dying on the 21st, uh, you know, and then 22nd, 23rd, 24th, it appears to be in the same position in the sky at its highest point. And then on the 25th, it rises. Well, that was super intense for me. And I felt like that was my connection to Christ. So my crown chakra had opened up. And I've so I feel just as a side note, because Christmas is coming up, I think Christmas is okay to be celebrated in in a way, you know, we just have to not keep it about materialism, but keep it about family and love and Christ and, and everything, you know, everything else is what it is. Everything has its doppelganger, right? I mean, people are going to worship Odin on that day, no matter if you celebrate <laughs> Christmas or not. Well, it is Odin's holiday, to be well, fair. Well, I mean, it's many people's <laughs> holiday, to be fair, you know, but it's for reasons because Christ <laughs> is coming to us on that day. It's the yes, closest... Uh, the five feast days that's what christ has okay yeah say i don't even know about this uh all this feast of tabernacles there's like five different feast days that are observed by jewish tradition and they have nothing to do with christmas right so but for you know what i experienced over christmas over those couple days that i know christ is strong for whatever reason the magnetic connection with christ is extra strong on those days well, yeah, yeah, of course it's the sun, but, you know, that's just a symbolic representation. That's just on one dimensional scale. So it's there's something happening over and over in our history, uh, throughout history at this day, for probably the same reason. People are just very connected on on that day. So, yeah, I mean, it's we don't have to... It's not Jesus's birthday, you know, like I was saying earlier. It's probably 9-11, so everything in this world's inverted but back to uh what i was saying so okay so i did a bunch of psychedelics as well that that had me start to understand the world in a whole new way that i didn't really have time to integrate from my trips i mean i thought i did because i didn't know anything and i just kept doing psychedelics every weekend until i ran out of psychedelics to do and then the ones i liked best i did several more times you know which ones did you like best uh mushrooms oh okay yeah yeah the cactus was uh pretty cool as well san pedro san pedro oh 
Yeah. I've never That's one of my favorite quote before, so I don't what? I have no knowledge. Yeah, you Ever? don't need to. You also don't need uh, to, but I'm no, just surprised. I haven't. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm a little surprised you didn't, but uh because you, you have it. you have an out there thinking, you you have the mind of somebody who would have be burst open from that I mean that's what it did for me essentially. I had a child dramatic childhood uh mm-hmm. experience when my dad passed away when I was 12 years old, so I think that that trauma affected me and made me start questioning everything around me. Nice. Uh, yeah. Or uh, yeah, you know. I mean, I've, I've, I'm sure you can understand that too. I mean, you can go in two different ways when traumatic stuff like that happens. You can go mm-hmm. down or you can go up. And so I, I chose to go up and question everything instead of go down into the depths and and comfort myself with drugs and alcohol and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's where I was. I was a drug addict. You know, we didn't even tell your audience about that yet. But yeah, I was a drug addict. I was in prison six years ago, not even six years ago. Uh, you know, I I got released what twenty fifteen. I think I got locked up. So I think like twenty sixteen. Yeah, j- like June of twenty sixteen. I was out into the halfway house in North Philly. So I mean this all happened for me rapidly, rapidly, rapidly. Um yeah, so it was but I'm very extreme is another thing. You know, it's very when I get into anything, I get a handle, a grasp on it very quickly because I study it and I immerse myself in it. And I've always was doing this, but now that I'm really psychic i can understand it on a higher level but i am always trying to see every way like i'm always looking at something as if it's a ball and i'm seeing every point on the spectrum of that ball so i can really understand what it is that i have in front of me and then as soon as i have it i'm like okay i'm done with it you know i'm good at doing it like this is how i handle anything i become when I'm an employee, you know, and I go for a job that they say, why do I want to hire you? I always use the same thing. I say, well, after a week, you'll think I've been here a month. After a month, you'll think I've been here six months. And after six months, you'll think I've been here five years because I will have a handle on everything and I will do everything more efficiently than you've ever known it to be. And, you know, some people are turned off and (laughs) think that's overly confident. I'm like, look, it's just the truth. You know, I don't know how to tell you the truth without it coming off as something that's praising myself, but it's just, it's the truth. And then every time, you know, uh, it happens, someone's like, oh my God, you know, you're, how'd you teach yourself this? I'm like, I told you when you interviewed me, you know, I, I wasn't lying. Like I just, I get a handle on something and I just, I mean, look at my podcast, for example, I, I just, I didn't know how to turn on a computer last year at this time. You know, I didn't own a computer and uh, same now, boat. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm putting out three episodes a week, you know, with, with trailers on the front and the back end intros. I have video, I have audio, I have, uh, I'm doing other things on YouTube in between. I'm doing bonus episodes with my girlfriend, Mimi on sometimes, you know, on Saturdays, but I'm doing so much with it that I had no idea how to do any of that stuff before. So when I get a little grasp on something, it just rolls and becomes something easier and easier for me to do. So that's the same with my psychic abilities. And, you know, it just happens that I am a reflector. 
which is a human type, a human design type. So it's there's only 1% of the human design are reflectors and the, so the other 99% are four different types there's and i think the next lowest is like 8 or 9% and there's one that's like 20% and there's a couple that are 35%. So it's not like everything's super rare and i'm not bragging about it being rare it just is. I i'm a mirror to everybody everybody's a mirror to me so when you know, I can say something like, like I was just saying, I say to interviewers uh, for jobs, when I say that, if they're cocky, they're going to take it that I'm saying it cocky. But if they're just regular people who are just being honest, they're going to take it as I'm a regular person being honest. You know, I have that ability where I can trigger someone very easily by doing nothing at all. I can just be sitting there and, and I can trigger someone because they're going to see their own energy it comes back at them in a big way. So with that ability, I can take on psychics abilities. I can just mimic it like that because I can, well, now that I've developed, you know, I do this energy work and all our consciousnesses mix automatically. As soon as I start to talk to somebody, I can feel within five minutes of a conversation that I can feel a tug on my third eye and your third eye. It's like starting to happen. And then after an hour, it's like we're fully immersed. And it doesn't matter how many people I'm talking to. I'm just mixing with everyone. I'm feeling everyone's energy. I'm understanding what's going on on all these multiple levels. And because I unlocked myself with the psychedelic so much, I am not just when I'm sitting here, you know, talking with people, I'm not just listening, but I'm listening here, you know, the the higher realms and I'm hearing all of the people that I'm around and I'm feeling all of their energy. So it's not just a hearing, but it's an understanding in multiple facets. Do you actively practice meditation? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I meditate every morning for, uh, so meditation saved my life. So it was about two and a half years, uh, that I've been meditating at least 30 minutes every single morning too. And I'd say save my life. Like, a lot of people say, oh, well, painting, maybe meditation or walking around, maybe listening to music. No, that's not meditation that I'm talking about. That may be a meditative state. Forms of relaxation. Right. Forms of relaxation. Right. But I'm talking about sitting down, quieting your mind, closing your eyes, having on nothing or having on music and trying to connect with the creator with that specific purpose. Actively. It, yes. Yes. Very actively that is really what saved my life like i was so angry before i was i mean i had so many issues uh but i had anger was my hardest thing to get rid of and in the beginning when i started meditating i would fall asleep after 60 seconds and i would be on cloud nine for weeks because i was like i was so low vibrational that just that little bit of connecting with the creator made me fall asleep because I was climbing timelines, as someone might say, climbing frequencies too soaking, much. Soaking it all in, huh? Well, I would say I was like going up, that I was, my brain was expanding. It was like okay. surface level and then just, well, yeah, I guess like a sponge, like it was uh, bringing in more than mm -hmm. it was, like it was dry before and then it started yeah. becoming more wet. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good analogy. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Bob. 
Bob Armstrong here. SpongeBob Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so uh, I I kind of take on uh, also a, a, a cool thing that happens to me. Some people that have their third eyes very active, I start to see their memories in my own brain. I can when they're oh, remembering wow. something, I can very vividly see it. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Ron Weed. Yeah. Yeah, so he's an interesting guy. And when I talk to him, he has a very strong third eye. And I could see all of his memories very vividly, very vividly. I could see what he was telling me. Like, he's describing it. So as he's remembering, his brain's working. And as I said, our consciousness mix right away. So as his brain is trying to think of it, it's pulling it to me. And, it, you know, it kind of happens where... I hear what people are about to say before they say it, or I can kind of direct a conversation in a way, like if I want something to be said in a few minutes, and I don't uh, actively do this or anything, it just kind of happens. If I'm talking and I want to talk about something, well, then I'll just start thinking about it uh, a few times. I'll think the word, and then it'll be guided that way. And it's like, that's telepathy. It's telepathy uh telepathic communication manifesting too yeah a little bit is it uh no i don't i don't consider manifest because manifesting to me is uh like you'll make something happen with your thoughts that is true but in that i it's so with manifesting i think you it's more likely that you're going to a place you're aligning with something that you need or could use at that time but it's a lot of people think that we're in control of it. That, like I said, I if I'm thinking of something, I can lead us in that direction. That's different than manifesting, where I'm bringing something into my life for myself. That, see, that I don't think actually exists. I think we take credit for that, but it's actually God's giving it to us. But then when we don't get what we want, we curse God. But when we do get what we want, we take the credit. It's all a, a, a psyop on ourselves that manifesting is. It's something, but, but there is something to the effect of your thoughts, create your reality to a degree. Yeah. Excellent, man. Uh, so I wanted you to get into like the whole energy stuff of, of your body and how you see like these, these serpent things Uh, coming out of people and how you're able to, uh, kill the snake destroy it by cutting its head off and what are these energies that you're actually seeing coming out of these people like what 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 is it like like it blows my mind to like think about like you know well it it blows my mind too my friend (laughs) you know this is it's not something that that i can look to anyone and say you know how do i do i don't have anyone to turn to you know except for jesus no one else really does the types of things i do and just as a side note it's interesting uh that we were talking about earlier if there was an age that was mixed in there somewhere you know the age of aquarius or whatever well there's ophiuchus just popped up right and ophiuchus is would be happening right now and the symbol of a fucus is a man holding a serpent and yeah. my birthday is tomorrow and oh i'm, I'm a fucus i was yes, gonna ask I, you what you thought I'm, about the 12 eons there the 12 ages the 12 uh, 13 yeah there's 13 oh, yeah, that, with yeah. a fucus i i agree, I agree yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's not. I think that's the original and traditional. I think the the classic Gregorian is yeah. is a way of suppression now in that part, time. Part of what I think the symbol of Jesus dying was also for was the destruction of sin, right? The killing of sin, which means if sin is also represented by the moon, then we lose the moon and we only have the sun. And then the moon gets demonized into being evil, Lucifer, Lu, Luna, Lunar, uh, the cycles. And then it also demonized the female because the females are ruled by the moon cycles. And then also, if you go into a 13 Zodiac, you could have 13 months in a year of 28 days, but we do like some weird stuff with uh, 12. That would be 364, though. Uh, nah. Yeah. Would it, though? Would it? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I think if you do the math, it's it's three at 364. But yeah. it's like three, but it's uh, because it's like 28 point something days or whatever. Well, it's, uh, and that br- give, give or goes, take, you know. That goes to the Ethiopian calendar, Enoch's calendar, where they have 13 months in the year. They have 12 months with 30 days and one month with five days. But like everything, it's the perverted version. What they, I'll say what I gather, what they used to use is that they would have 360 numbered days in the calendar. Then they'd have four days, the solstices and equinoxes, you know, two of each. Uh, that were days that were named. They weren't numbered. They were named. And then they had a day of reconciliation, which is the day of the Lord, which is the the last day of the year. You know, it's you get to the end of the record and then it rewinds. You know, it reconciles over that day. And then, which is the Sunday, you know, that's the sun's day. And there would be a 366 day every four years because it was the moon's day, Monday. So there's that and i'll get into this with the moon i think our moon is fake i think that there is that is the space station or whatever mothership if you will for this invasive species that invaded our universe and i think our sun is the lesser light that the bible spoke about and that we had a much larger sun that went around the outer ring where antarctica is and uh when it was called Tierra del Fuego and it was too hot for humans to go down there. Mm, hell. I, well, yeah, I, you know, to some degree, I, I don't know, you know, exactly hell what everything over. would be, but if you look at the Ottoman empire, their, uh, their symbol, it looks like, well, so our sun and moon are the same size, right? Our, they're said to be 400 times, uh, different size, but also 400 times, a different location so that it can be uh, a perfect eclipse. Well, the Ottoman Empire, their symbol isn't a full eclipse. It's a smaller thing eclipsing something much larger. And then we have, you know, brings in the electrical universe theory where Jupiter knocked out Saturn. And there's a lot to it, but I think that is a, a, a real thing, that there was an exploding sun, and that is what triggered the last destruction of, the second destruction of the world as the Bible uh, deemed it by fire. And it changed it the out. golden age period as well with the Saturnian shift. Yeah, yeah, that's what would have got rid of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, You're so into the electric was, universe then? Uh, yeah, yeah, we're definitely an electric universe. We're electrical beings, nice. yeah. 
For, well, yeah, 100%. You know, uh, do you listen to Ari Esselin much at all and his theories? Um, I have heard his theory, uh, but he called me called me controlled opposition uh, when I was going, supposed to have him on my show and then <laughs> something happened per, in my personal life that day and I had to cancel last minute. So then he went on my Instagram calling me controlled opposition and saying, uh, yeah, he started uh, saying all these, he was being real racist to people uh, on that same day. Oh, wow. So, you know, that is what it is. So, okay. Yeah. So uh, I think a lot of his stuff has some merit to it, but I also think that he's, he worships the planets, which is the fallen angels. You know, that's so there's very demonic energies there. And I mean, it is what it is, but you know, uh, interesting. So no, I, that's, I, I, uh, I, that's, uh, but what I was getting at though, with that was he, if in the Saturnian cosmology in that realm, right? Like he brings up a lot of the talk of the Martians, right? There being, uh, a, a, spe- or a species or a bloodline or something that was connected to that that wanted to stay connected to that the energy behind Mars after the split of the Golden Age and then that would potentially lead to some you know like you said fallen angels here within this earthly realm and it's that's really interesting rabbit hole to go down honestly yeah yeah very interesting and uh, with the Martians you know what what that kind of brings to mind for me would be. As, and when I was saying the the moon is a space station, it's overlaid right now with a plasma, you know, some kind of light. Jeez. I think our entire what was that? Cheese. It's well, <laughs> a joke. I'm joking. I, some I, sort I, of I don't know cheese around it. <laughs> the moon is cheese. A cheese border. It's Swiss. I think that totally. uh, our entire sky is Actually. some kind of satellite projections that we're not seeing what's actually out there now and this was really what throws off the time uh we can't tell what time it is i think they're making things appear to be in different places at different times uh there's a lot of weather warfare that's going on you know the type of manipulation and all that stuff so there's the lunar wave crow triple seven he's uh famous for catching the lunar wave Roman's favorite yeah so i so it's obvious that that there's something you know there a light that's blocking something else so are they martians is that light of reflection of the earth and the larger earth and that is are the martians coming from another crater and we're in one crater you know these these are all types of theories that i hear but to me it's kind of the easiest way to understand it is that there are just beings that are outside of this place that have built bodies to come into, you know, it's uh, the the whole Nephilim demons entering doppelganger thing again. Yeah. So I know we got a little a little tangent there, uh, thanks to Roman. Uh, but- You're welcome. Oh, let me get one more. Let me get Serpent. one more before we switch oh. back. Let me get one more before we switch back. Just because we we're talking about the second sun and control opposition and all this shit. So tomorrow, this morning on the uh, Interverse uh, Telegram chat, somebody posted like these random tweets. And I usually don't look at posts like this, you know, but it was these tweets from this guy who was like saying he was going to Antarctica 
And then he started posting all these pictures of penguins and, you know, so on mm. and so forth. And it was just like, okay, first of all, you're not going to Antarctica, random dude. Okay. <laughs> and then I started to look into this guy. He created the Ripple Coin, right? Which is a pretty popular and diverse, uh, they call him the trillion dollar man. And mm. so I started to look more into him. I'm like, oh shit, this guy's an asshole of money. He's connected to cryptocurrency, right? Rather cryptic on its own um, as a whole. And uh, and then he posted a tweet that said, oh, wow, I can see a second sun here in Antarctica and like posted this picture of like, I was just like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Because not only that, recently on Joe Rogan, who we know is to be potentially controlled opposition, the first podcast sellout to ever be, had somebody on that was talking about Tartaria and Atlantis after the Spotify sell. So it's like I, interesting I to see these. Video. I, I could you? watch that. Interesting, yeah. Well, yeah. oh, it's just Jimmy, like to me, Jimmy something. To me, it seems like you know, like it's 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 rather specific timing that these people with a lot of money and a lot of personal swear are putting these things that are usually fringe topics yeah. into the masses like that. And I'm like, is this guy really in our article right now? Like, he's posting pictures and tweeting about it on a large social platform. Uh, you know, so it's either like shaking the hand over here while the left hand plays right or something mm-hmm. like that but that's what i have go into the serpentness i don't have i don't think uh joe rogan is controlled opposition i think he just wanted some money dude and he got spotify to pay him well he's in a he's in a play he's, that's considered when you when you sell and you write a contract saying you will and will not talk about certain specific things that's a he that's a form that of control opposition that. Uh, again, maybe. millions of dollars, maybe. dude. Like they they own his ass. Yeah, yeah. I would say he is absolutely a controlled opposition. That he's diet woke. You know, he it's what they want the masses to get. Like, okay, let me. You know, we'll feed them a little bit because everyone can get behind. You know, the the president that we have. You know, all this stuff that's happening. There's like, nobody behind the president. Exactly. Exactly. That's my point. So Joe Rogan can be questioning him. You know? It, but but if it comes to other things, he's not allowed to be doing it. And I mean, it does take some courage, I guess, to do some of the things he's doing. When he took on that guy from CNN, I mean, that was uh, pretty courageous. That was cool. But I, again, that's a personal thing. Maybe they were hands-off. They're like, hey, you want to handle that guy that way? Go ahead. So it's not that everything's controlled, but to a large degree, it's you know they give us what they want us to focus on. He might be getting paid from Elon Musk personally. You know, they both live in Texas oh, now. There's a huge, there's a huge like push to Texas. Uh, Neil yeah, deGrasse like, Tyson. He's Neil deGrasse Tyson is like absolutely. He spends more time podcasting than he's ever done. Beyonce, <laughs> Beyonce, Beyonce came out of Texas too. So did uh, Travis Scott. Oh, where were we at? We were Astro on the world is because the, he, he's from Houston and Astros, the Houston Astros. Yeah. So yeah, that's where you got the Kirk. idea of Astro World. It's the Astro so, World. It's the psychedelics. Yeah. Why do you think the Houston Astros are the Astros? And it's all connected to all the occult. All the, it's because that's, that's isn't the that where game. NASA is at too? Is Houston? Well, yeah, yeah that. But it's also One of their big in branches. Alabama. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, I'm there was saying, that guy like, when you when you head. grow up and you you're embedded with some of this stuff growing up. It like becomes part of you and then you want to portray it into exactly the world, you know? that's a perfect yeah, part of the world i just don't think everything is 
I don't think everything is as evil as everybody wants to suggest that it is. People just have a different perspective on things. And some of the things that people deem as evil, like chakras, is not really fucking evil. It's just evil to some people because they don't understand. And so I, you know, that's just my opinion, though, too. I'm not paid to say that by anybody. That's how I feel. <laughs> oh, God. You should watch this documentary. There's a documentary on uh, YouTube from some very, very great independent researchers called Truth Stream Media. And Truth Stream Media, I, I even hear Michael Wan. He knows this YouTube channel. And I, I listened to them before. I never knew about Michael Wan. Uh, but they make really good videos. They have this documentary called Minds of Men that will really lay out a lot of facts about how kind of predetermined a lot of things are decades in advance of, you know, certain types of, you know, government documents, literature, so on and so forth. But it's an interesting rabbit hole. I feel like we could probably do that towards the beginning of another one as we are, you know, mm -hmm. we're almost about two hours here, but we, so let's get back to what we was talking yeah, about. So I do apologize. I, for so I, I can wrap this back in with, I wanted to go off with dance and I'll wrap it back into your question about the, the serpent thing, the energy. Yeah. Work. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, everyone has, of course, everyone has their own perceptions, right? Everyone has their own experiences and they see the life from their eyes. You know, no one else can see it from their perspective. But people are also led to believe certain things from a hand that they don't know is there. This is where we get our fake synchronicities. Like when you talk about something, when you're on Facebook and you say something to your friend and then you see an advertisement, that's a fake synchronicity. You know, yes. you're being led to believe it's a synchronicity and you're coming to the natural conclusion, the logical conclusion that this is a synchronicity, but it's not. It's predeterminism. It's someone is putting, someone's watching you. They know your programs because they have so much data on you. So they're putting this here in front of you at this time so that you'll do what they want you to do. And a lot of people don't know that's what's happening, but as I do energy work, I can understand the difference between a fake synchronicity and a real synchronicity. You know, this is, a, there's a, been a lot of stuff that's happened in my life that has given me these understandings. And I didn't say this earlier, but I have been, I experienced the abduction phenomenon my entire life. And it was only when I was saved by Christ in January, which I never even got to my injury, but uh, the injury I, that I had, where I fell 400 pounds of chicken and cheese fell on top of me. I was, I had a hand truck and I was pulling it up a little lip of a sidewalk and going backwards. And I was on a slippery floor. My boots slipped out. The whole thing fell on me. I couldn't brace myself by putting my hands down because I had all this weight on me and it landed and landed on me. And I landed right on my, uh, root chakra and what happened is I just instantly saw a sludge, globs of sludge just come out of my root chakra. And uh, from there, you know, a couple days later, I was uh, hurling. And what ended up happening was nothing came out, but I felt more relief than I ever had. And I threw up demons and I had this sight that a serpent was trying to swallow me, but me throwing up was the symbolic representation of it throwing me up because I was in the belly of the beast for so long that I became to the point that I was touching Christ so much that it could no longer sustain me. It, it you know, it was had to spit me out in order for it to survive. So 
that all led into the podcast and me telling my whole story and being so truthful. You know, I, I was very raw and open with how everything went down in my first 13 episodes. So from that, I started doing energy work. And so this led me into doing this for people. So like I said before, I connect with people right away and I've been doing it long before I was doing the energy work purposely, you know, people paying me for it. I was doing things with people with intention, you know, in the room together or maybe at a distance. And then I started playing with the idea of like trying to practice doing it on people without telling them. And then like if my sister-in-law, you know, she hurt her back one time and then I focused on her back and I, my back started to warm up. And then the next day she was like, Oh my God, my back feels so much better. And it's like, it hasn't been this way in months. And I was like, Oh, okay. And I was just like, jotted it down in my head. Like, okay, did that really happen? You know, and things like that would happen over and over. So at what point I'm like, all right, well this, there is something actually real happening. Like I'm feeling real warming sensations on my body and people are telling me that they are feeling healings somehow. And all I'm doing is closing my eyes and focusing on a spot on my body and thinking of a specific person. That's really all it was. So what I end up seeing depends on the person. There's, And this is going to sound weird, but this is how I interpret things. And maybe it's because I'm researching Tartaria a lot. What I started seeing in people was there was someone I worked with who had a bunch of mud. It looked like mud was covering up something. So I was draining all this mud out of him. Right. And so then the next person I worked on after that, it was, it looked like a Roman Coliseum type of deal pillars all over the place that were all broken. They were all shattered all over the place and that I had to restore them. There was someone else that I saw a big statue of Jesus that I had to rip this, the sheet off of it because there was a big statue of Jesus that was like being covered up. There was a mediary uh, that was trying to put itself in between this person and Jesus. So there's like, it depends on the person that I'm working with, but it, it goes into like a linear story for me to see like, Oh, this was the mud flood. This was the restoration. You know, this is the unveiling, you know, all these types of things happen in a way that I can interpret it. And it sounds so out there, you know, when I'm saying it just as a blanket statement like this, but when I'm telling different people what I'm experiencing, I, I connect. Yeah. Their thoughts are aligning with what I was experiencing. So I'll say, yeah, this is what I felt in the root chakra, this in the sacral, this in the solar plexus, so on and so on. And they're, they're like, okay, that makes sense because of this and that. I was thinking that at that time. You know, I, there was even a time, I'll go as far as saying, my girlfriend Mimi, she has heard me tell the story of how to cut the head off of a kundalini serpent many, many times. So we were meditating together in our bedroom. And when I came to understand this doppelganger effect, that there's not duality, it's a doppelganger effect, it was because... I was connecting with her. And so what I'm about to say, this just happens to me. I just kind of know to do these things. So there was a mirror that was in the middle of her and I yanked it out. 
why how did i know that i don't know you know this i'm just kind of led to see that i'm kind of led to see that jesus is there in a statue and he's covered up you know i'm just led to see these things i don't know why or how or anything it just you know other than i close my eyes and and this is what's the thoughts that are in my mind so i pull the mirror out of her and then what happens is she had like all this structure all these roman pillars on her right side of her body and she had this big ass boa constrictor on the left side of her body and then as soon as i took the mirror away the the structure took form and it went into a t into a cross and this serpent the boa constrictor kind of wrapped itself all around the pole every which way so then i yanked the snake i grabbed it by its neck and pulled it out the top of her head and I was about to cut the head of the snake off like I do. I just like take scissors and just, you know, snip, 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 and it's off. But I was told by her higher self, no, don't do it. Let her do it. So then I kind of stepped to the side and I watch her. She cut it off and then she took the snake and plugged it into the back of her head, which is her mouth of God chakra. And then so when we finish you know we finish meditating 20 15 minutes later 20 minutes later whatever and i tell her what's gonna you know what i experienced she thinks that i'm saying that i cut it off so i'm saying yeah and i yanked it through your head and she goes no 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 she goes i cut it off and i'm like yeah i know you did i just didn't get to that part of the story yet so we were uh, we were actually there together while she did this cut the head off the snake and plugged it into the back of her mouth of god chakra so what that does to someone and why i do it again this is something that jesus just showed me and i just happened to be the effucus is you know uh, with the man holding the serpent it just happens to be that way mouth Uh, of god chakra yeah so that's the back of your head that is like your brain that is where channeling by the vagus nerve I'm not sure. I don't know. Where the it, or there's, some, there's a lot of, there's some clusters going on back there of like good, good brainy gushness. And I'm like, now I'm like starting to be like, whoa, it's, it makes a lot of sense. There's something back there. Cause every time I take a shower and water beats back there, like I like start to trance out a little bit. And so I'd never heard of that. That's amazingly beautiful. Yeah. If you Thank look you. that up, uh, you can find a lot more information than I have on it, but I just know it exists. And that's where like channeling, if you were to do channeling, it typically comes in through the back of your head. So it's like an open air wave kind of for you to receive. So the reason why I plug it into there is to block that from happening. So what this does at the same time, you kill two birds with one stone by cutting the head off of the serpent so that the serpent isn't thinking for itself any longer. It's not controlling anything. It's not drawing things out of you the way that uh, we just make bad decisions based on our body's urges. When these urges are strong enough, it's because our kundalini is leading us in that direction. And we do stupid shit that we know we shouldn't do. And it's because it's the kundalini doing it to us. So cut that off. Also plugging it back in blocks the mouth of god chakra so you're not having outsiders 
come into your own head. You're not having that influence. And you're also using that Kundalini energy for yourself to use your own psychic abilities that your God given abilities that you have in you. So it's kind of like an all encompassing thing to block out all of the voices, external voices, and all you're hearing is Jesus's internal voice. And so that's all I use in all of my stuff is Jesus Christ comes in and he chases away everything and he helps you fix whatever it is in your life that needs fixing. It's your St. Patrick. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that sounds like the Matrix when they, they plug the stem into the back of their head, which would be, you know, or Avatar, right? Like, that's interesting hijacking of the mouth of God and interpret, interpreting it with transhumanist agendas. Oof. Yeah, it was interesting you brought up Neuralink earlier because when I said I was abducted my entire life, I believe that I had Neuralink placed in me. I have seen a few videos of people who were in the quote-unquote secret space program and they have these dots, red dots on their body, certain areas that I too have these same dots in these same areas and it's very strange and uh, you know this Neuralink because I'm doing all this cleansing of zeolite and uh, uh, parasites you know I'm, I'm getting rid of all the things in my body that I, the secret space program is they've been perfecting the Neuralink for 20 years before they started talking about it in what, 2001, you know, and now. Yeah. Yeah. So the Neuralink, they've been practicing at least for 40 years with it. It's crazy that they, you know, the secret space agency, in my opinion, you know, well, there's, there's documents of it's hard to find. Um, you know, through multiple, multiple facets of these different alphabet soup organizations and what have you. But I found some documents. I wish I had them. I, sh- I got to start keeping these things, you know, in a separate server somewhere or whatever. Right. But uh, but but the, the amount of testing and scientific projects and experiments that can happen out in space on, the, on a on a space station or, or you know, uh, whatever uh, is a lot. Like there's a lot, there's limitless things you can do. You can do a lot of, um, you know, projects with fetuses and, and growing babies in, you know, incub- incubators and stuff because on, in American soil, absolutely not. Like some places in China, like they get away with it for a little bit until somebody comes down and shuts that office down. And then that, which is not tied to any sort of, uh, government facility because these these private science organizations are always separate than the government f- uh, facilities right like they they that's why everyone's like the government's stupid they don't know what's going on it's like yeah but the science the private organizations do know what's going on the government is on a completely different level they're on that baseline level where these these people that are funding these these sciences and stuff they're like in some next level shit it was super interesting and then you think about things like Neuralink, where they're you know they've been de- potentially practicing it for 40 years, right? The mRNA technology for, for many, many, many years. And then, you know, the stuff that's happening either in the dumbs, the deep underground military bases or up in some sort of space station. So, uh, you know, it's, it's all esoteric and it's being suppressed. It's very interesting. I don't even know where we're going with this conversation, but it is sketchy. Well, that's why all the scientists are super occult is to uh, <laughs> ensure, you know, you only get to a certain level until they know that you're trustworthy so that's 
you know, they're atheists for a reason. Scientists are atheists because they've given themselves, they're not actual atheists. They're Satanists or Luciferians, you know, not all of them, but the ones Scientism. at the, the very top. Yeah, Zion- yeah. Zionist? it's a whole different thing. Scientist? I thought a lot of them were Christians. Uh, I, uh, I don't know any uh, anybody who would be doing that type of thing and, and call themselves a man of Christ. You know, that a lot of people come in the false name in order to pervert the truth. So this is why, you know, I don't identify as a Christian because I don't... I'm not going to defend most of the things Christianity does. You know, all the beefs that everyone has with Christianity, you know, I have a a beef with it as well. So uh, while I do defend it to a degree, not Christianity itself, just the teachings of Christ, there is a lot that is wrong with the the church, we'll say. So so because, uh, I mean, I find you fascinating personally just because you do believe in Jesus, but maybe not the the doctrine of religion is there anything to you that you've like had downloaded into your brain uh through through these conversations with uh with your higher self that says that the stuff in the bible is is not true or is there parts of it that aren't true or is it uh you know you know what i'm trying to say here yeah. Uh, how, how many books? How many books and revisit? Like, are you asking what his like preferred version is? No. Oh. That's not what I'm asking, Robert. Oh, Just I sit there and look pretty. Next. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I forgot this earlier when I said, "Remember the 66 books." Oh so, yeah. So a lot of people, a lot of biblical scholars think Jesus rose, uh, resurrected. His second coming was in 66 AD, you know, 66 to 70 AD. So that's why I said that earlier. So to, to start, quote unquote, start the millennial kingdom, I don't, I don't know. But, but anyway, um, so the Bible, I, I haven't been reading it myself. Um, so I do read a verse of the day every morning when I wake up, you know, before I look at social media, I, I just check the verse of the day. And it's just interesting. It's just something I dedicated myself to doing. Um, aside from that, I see I learned along the way. I've learned the teachings of the Bible through the Bible Project on YouTube. They put it in nice cartoon story form, seven minutes, very quick, and they're drawing out exactly what they're talking about. It's very interesting. If anyone wants to learn the books of the Bible, I recommend you go check that out in story form, but I also looked at it in, in codings and astrotheology and, uh, you know, so many different ways. And to me, the stories make most sense when you take them literal. Uh, actually, all if you take all of the mythical stories of old, you have to take all of it literal, and then it all starts to make much more sense than it does trying to say this was metaphor, but this was literal, but this is, you know, just an allegory. And, and, you know, you have to take your own interpretation out of it. How do you do that? But by taking it all literal. So have I got any information that says any of it is untrue? I, I don't, or, or validates or validated. Right. Okay. So there is a lot that I've had validated and I'll, Say I haven't had anything unvalidated or invalidated because I don't read the Bible regularly. 
myself. I don't sit down and read it often. I, I actually want to start doing that, but it's not something I've done at this point yet. So in order for me to understand information is false, I would have to be reading it to get the information like, no, this isn't true. So there's a lot that I've had validated to me that made me come to the realization of Jesus being God, which the book of Revelation, everyone is familiar with the book of Revelation. A lot of conspiracy theorists think we're in the time of Revelation. And the, the name, the full name of that book is the revelation of Jesus Christ, meaning it's the realization that Jesus Christ is God. So if we are in that time period, then everyone better start realizing Jesus is God and we just get through this much easier. But besides that little uh, tidbit, I've had many different things shown to me. I've seen the uh, the beast that Paul talks about, the seven heads and ten horns. I saw that in a psychedelic trip. I have saw or I've seen the uh, cherubim with the four faces, the man, the eagle, the lion, and the ox. I've seen that in a meditation. I've seen the eyes within eyes and the wheels within wheels, Ezekiel's wheel in the clouds right above me. So I have seen many of these things, a lot of the teachings of Paul. I have received uh, different things that confirm that. And it's often, you know, maybe there's not a lot of things offhand, but when I talk to somebody who is very biblically knowledgeable and they're telling me something, then I can start to pick up on, okay, I can see where this started from, how it got started. Like Adam and Eve, uh, for example, could be a story of your own self in that your spirit is the masculine and your physical body is the feminine and you're the masculine version of you. The spirit is always in control and could always tell the body to say no to that forbidden fruit, you know, and you can replace forbidden fruit with whatever. That's a metaphorical understanding of it. But like, I'll get things like that so that I understand it in a whole new way. And there's also a way of understanding Adam and Eve as, they started as eggs in the mother and that the sons of God that came into them were the sperm from the father that then came into them and then they were born and their eyes were open because they were born into a physical world. So they were kicked out of the garden and their eyes were opened all at the same time. And, you know, it's... That's interesting because people sometimes will talk about how that we are all like... uh spirits and that we choose our own destiny or we choose our path in life that we want to have and then we are born into that life uh and so like if when you say it that way it's kind of like the garden of eden is in the astral plane and then through through uh through the sperm of god we are born into our reality and, and then have our lives that's that's a trip, man. Now, now I'm just thinking about that in my head. <laughs> <laughs> something to yeah. So like I'll get different ways of thinking of the same thing in multiple ways, so that I like I said earlier, so I can really understand it. I'll get many different interpretations and put it together, and then I can find the truth. You know what? 
what I see as the truth anyway, because my interpretation of the information is, of course, coming to me in a way that I can handle. So while I mean, I wasn't I didn't know the Bible at all. I didn't know Christianity at all. I didn't know Jesus at all up until, you know, this last January, just, you know, not even a year ago. Do you think uh, like people in China, when they have like psychedelic experiences, they see Buddha? No, well, maybe. I mean, some might, but <laughs> but they. So before Taoism, they had uh, Christianity is like the largest. I think it's the largest growing religion in China, and China's really doing a number on eliminating it. But they also have. Jesus is, like I was saying earlier, Jesus is the spirit that just comes into a man and makes him act in a certain way. So there, I mean, there's many uh, Korean churches uh, around here. I'm in Georgia. There's many Korean churches around here. There's a lot of Asian uh, people who observe Jesus Christ as God. uh, And they also, maybe psychedelics, maybe meditation, maybe you know, you see it in a tree all of a sudden or whatever, you know, but there is a lot of that happened through potential, uh, like crusade type of events when there was, you know, armies going around at the time and spreading Christianity with violent effort behind it. Well, yeah. So what I was saying earlier with when that was happening, I think that they were more, uh, killing, the enemies of Christ uh, and spreading the word because they had the veil taken off their eyes of who of of what Christ actually meant, and it it doesn't mean a specific man, as I was saying. It's more of a there is an outside force and an internal force, and the internal force is all of us. We're the body of Christ, and we're supposed to be loving each other and all, and when we're not in that state, there's something externally that's affecting us. So when the veil was lifted and these people were angry that they were being held down, well, then they went around killing off those who wouldn't bow to Christ, and they were spreading the word of this is what was going on. You know, this is what was happening in your world. Now, some places chose to keep it that way because they liked to be servants. But, and again, you know, I would never suggest anyone kill anybody. I, I myself would never, my God would never tell me to do that. That is not my job to, to go kill someone. So while I can see maybe a police officer, a military guy, or just a regular citizen could kill someone and it would save many other lives you know i'm not judging them for what they're doing but that's just not my destiny so the christian crusades i don't know what was actually happening at that time and that's just my best interpretation of what was going on that that the veil was lifted satan was no longer here and the people could see they were deceived and then so they went around killing in the name of christ a lot of a lot of the name of yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of those things, I think personally, they, they resonate with me. Like those times weren't really the people that were part of those crusades, maybe weren't actually following the true goodness mm-hmm. of it. And they were being led astray by some other forces that maybe got, maybe it got hijacked. Right. And I, I think yeah. 
I think that's definitely true that a lot of the Christianity and this whole this there's a deeper, deeper, deeper seed that is as the teaching of it as opposed to it as a religion, right? As a stronghold. Yeah. And so when we talk about crusades and you know wars and these things i think that's after the hijacking time or or the the stories that have been painted to us to to show the power and the glory and maybe they never even happened and maybe it's it's or maybe you know there's so many ways to go about it but i think deep down you know i like we were talking earlier there's a way to do magic on a on a physical level but then there's that way where you're going to just consciously understand whatever god is to you and however it happens is not going to happen through violence, you know, or suppression. It, it's going to happen through your own time and understanding. And, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, some. it's like, it's so, so I think a lot of those stories, you know, like we were talking earlier, it's flipped, right? Like say, say Satanists, they take the cross and it's flip it. Jesus is good everywhere else, but Satanists, Oh, absolutely not. Jesus is bad. It's the only thing that's bad. It's completely flipped. They just take it and just go. Whoop. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's yeah. interesting. And it could be like what you're saying that hijacked. Maybe people just gave into their anger and wrath, uh, and it felt good to have all that bloodlust. You know, going to murder in the name of Christ. You think you're being righteous, so it's just feeding that in you. You know, and it's now it's lust and it's bloodlust. You you mm-hmm. want it more than anything, and uh, oh. and once people are in that state. I mean, there's no stopping it uh, uh, other than Christ coming in and doing something spectacular, which could have happened. I mean, they stopped somehow, they, you know, the Christian crusades and all that. So, which re- it kind of reminds me what, what you're saying there is like there was uh, something that came, like something in their head that told them that may have been a voice of God, they thought. But they could have been, you know, like in that in that uh, that garden, right, where they they were basically being led astray to something that they thought would give them ultimate answer, but that ultimate answer turned into much more, and then therefore losing themselves along the way of that, and then basically like they, I think we've talked about this before, like there's you know, there's many states of consciousness, right? But there's like three basic ones that you can easily describe. You have like the shadowy, low vibrational part of consciousness which is i call the sh- you know the shadow entities down there right you got major lust a lot of a lot of just um a lot of just negativity you know addictions, uh, addictions like a mother absolutely actually it's a terrible way to say that like a mother mother's great anyways uh and then you have like you know the physical consciousness the here and now the present which is super powerful but it's it can be zombified. It can be kind of just autopilot, especially when you're leaning more towards the lower. And then you have the thing that you need to work for in order to obtain, which is the higher, which is the light, which is the goodness, the the electricity, you know, the like just the symbiotic goodness within the celestial body of Earth and more and much more. But what happens, you know, is I think there's that, you know, like your show is called goodness over darkness. Like it's like the goodness is the higher part of consciousness. The over is the present here and the darkness is the shadowy. And I think it's always encompassing that, that, you know, alchemical sense of like positive, negative charge, but they need to be there in order to fuse like the life in the middle or, and just life in general. And so it's like, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, like just to think about, how they can, you know, 
say they're going to kill all these people and force them into a way of being for God that does not make any sense. But if it mm-hmm. was, if it was some sort of like, you know, serpent seed that came into their head and manipulation that, that kind of led them astray, offering them something else. And then they do get that because you know, that energy, that adrenaline, when you start to like, be like, Oh yeah, I'm getting a lot of love and appreciation right now. I just got a bunch of money. I'm feeling good, baby. Let's keep doing it. And whatever, you know, those things are, they'll fuel you until the point where you're just a fucking hollow shell. Well, so I, I I understand how, uh, the, the shadow can, uh, propel us can obviously i'm a product of that you know i had a lot of different things happen to that got me to the stage but i don't think it's necessary uh so when we look at our plants if it's nighttime our plants aren't growing if it's winter time our plants aren't growing right when it's cold and when it's dark when the shadow's there our plants don't grow so if we had like i was saying before in the golden age if we had two suns if there was always sun and we never had darkness, we would be larger, which means we would be giants. And uh, we all see that there, everything used to be much larger in this world. Uh, so there's that, and we don't ever stop growing. So it, it comes to us, we have this we have this way of looking at things through our own perspective of, okay, I needed the darkness to get to where I am. And now I see that it was my own choices that were leading me to do these other things, you know, and and we just perceive life in a way that explains it for us. But then when I started looking at rape, that was the one thing I couldn't wrap my mind around of, evil doesn't exist. When people would say, okay, murder, I could understand murder to a degree. Not that I condone it, like I said, but I could understand that more than rape. Rape was something I could not get my mind around of why that would exist, what, why, what the necessity of that is. And what that unraveled the lie that is that evil needs to exist for good to exist. Because if for evil to exist, good men must do nothing, which means that if good men all, you know, if we were all good men or and women, if we were all doing good, then we would just stop the evil and then there would be no evil. Uh, okay, but then how do we determine what is evil? This is what gets into different perceptions of, you know, as a free will or is it evil? Well, it's evil if your conscience tells you it's evil. If children are being hurt, or assaulted that's evil you know there is no oh everything's a choice and uh, they're just choosing to live that experience because they signed a contract to do that no that is evil and even if that is true we are the ones who are supposed to stop it we're supposed to be men of christ we're supposed to be men of conscience and we're supposed to actively stop it does that mean you know go into every uh place that bad things are going on at and kick down doors and start shooting up the place. No, it doesn't mean that. It means when we come across it in our lives, just do the things that Christ would want us to do. You know, I wear this bracelet. What would Jesus do? WWJD. Because in every situation, I ask myself, what would Christ do? You know, what would Jesus do in this situation? If I see a child being assaulted, 
well, I'm going to go help that child. And it doesn't really matter what that child did. You know, if someone's just coming up and stealing a child, I am going to do my best to stop that from happening. Okay, so the the evil act, everyone can agree, is something to that effect. Now, when we get into good versus bad, you know, how I like to do things versus how you like to do things, it's not really up to us. And this goes to the laws that the, the Christians or Jews or maybe even the Muslims, I'm not very familiar with Islam, but I know that they have some laws that they have to abide by. Do we go to those laws that are just made by men that are passed on, or do we go to what we can determine for ourselves is the right thing? So can we determine that different things are giving ourselves over to our pleasures, which that would be good versus bad? So is sex, is it a sin to have sex with a man and a woman if you're married? And you're not reproducing? Yes. Is it a sin if two men are to have sex and they're not doing it to have a child? Yes. Is it the same sin? Yes. There is no difference. It is the same thing. If you're not having sex to reproduce, it is what would be called a sin. Now, am I judging that in any way at all? No, I am not. Because it's the same thing. And I am guilty of it many times over, like, you know, almost every other human. There's, it's just... God doesn't want us to be doing certain things, but sin doesn't really weigh any different when you throw it on the scales, you know? It's like, oh, this guy had sex with five women, this guy had sex with five men. It's, you know, it, there's no difference. It, it's having sex that that is the thing. It's it's hurting ourselves, and that may not be hurting ourselves, but like putting things in our body that's hurting ourselves, that's sinful of, you know, uh, living in gluttony. And living in filth, you know, not cleaning yourself. Those things would be sin. Uh, living in wrath, as we were just saying, bloodlusting and all. That is all living in sin. So I don't judge anyone for where they are because it's not my responsibility to force people to to wake up to what they are doing. It is everyone's own responsibility to to take care of themselves And this is why everyone has their own personal connection with our creator, because he, like I was saying earlier, if you have the relationship with him, he will walk you in a circle round and round we go until, you know, you come to a decision. Am I going to do this? Am I going to do this? Then you make a decision. Do you stay on that ride? And do you have to ride the roller coaster of that ride again? And then come to the same situation a week later, a month later, a year later, 10 years later and say, wow, I was in this situation before and I made the wrong decision. Now I'm going to go the other way. And then you exit that ride and now you go to the next one. And each decision you make is going to propel you onto a new way. And what I've realized is the more that I do what the creator wants me to do, the less that sin draws me in, the less the the longer i withhold from ejaculation the less i'm trying to i'm having the urge of looking at a woman's uh, breast or you know like whatever you know it and it doesn't matter what it is if it's beer if i drink beer all the time and i see a beer and then you know i get thirsty all of a sudden you know you have to face that and then come back to it again withhold from it 
And then you come back again and you're like, ah, it doesn't have that strong of a hold on me anymore. These are, uh, sins are just addictions. They're just urges that really take us over. And, you know, they don't weigh any different to me. Solid, solid. Wow. Um, so what you're trying to say is you don't eat chicken sandwiches with cheese anymore. I love chicken sandwiches with cheese, actually. <laughs> Chicken's like the, the only meat that I eat now. Well, I mean, I eat some beef, but. Uh, all right. So thank you very much for joining us tonight, Emmanuel. Uh, we appreciate it. It's always interesting and fun having a conversation with you. And, yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, it's nice to learn uh, from different perspectives and take it all in, you know, and uh, we appreciate you. Uh, and looking forward to this weekend and uh, Roman. Yes. Uh, there's more things on the notepad, but as always, it's going to keep growing and building. So I hope we could do this again. Uh, have some more fun talk. Saturday is going to be fun. Do you have a list of things that we're, we're just going in on that, that wrangle hold topic there and just going to r- saddle that, saddle that puppy in, or uh, do you have a list uh, a template of, of sorts? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably send something out, uh, the day before just, you know, maybe a few, but we'll really just go off of what we're going to talk about. We're just going to talk about breaking free of indoctrination, you know, just how, how do we break out of our old ways of thinking and what kinds of things have we found peace in where we once were being blocked by something, you know, like, you know, what what do we all do? I'd like to give my audience a different perspective. Everyone's different perspective. So I like to bring people on and everyone can relate to somebody, you know? So that's how I just try covering everything. And, uh, I think that with our group, I think we have a lot of outside the box thinkers and that we'll all bring very different methods, but there's going to be a lot of overlap as well. And it'll be a, a pretty good time. Excellent. Wow. Yeah, so Anything else, Roman? Uh, no, I mean, well, we went deep, we went hard as we do, as it does, as it always will be, as it should be, as it can be, as it has been, in the ways of being in which we understand, which is not much in everything at the same time. A beautiful pleasure it is, sir, and I really, truly hope that you have a beautiful slumber this evening. Well, thank you very much, you guys. We're excellent hosts. This was a great time. I love the different uh, philosophical, philosophical. I can't even speak tonight. Philosophical <laughs> thinking uh, of of you each have your own unique way of coming about it, but you tie it together so uh, energetically beautiful. There's an overlap that uh, it's unspoken most of it, and it's. Uh, it was an honor being here with you guys. I, you know, rising from the ashes. I, I actually have a an episode titled "Rising from the Ashes." I, know. I saw that. I was like, "Hey, we're not on his show." <laughs> I did, so this was bef- before I even uh, knew of you guys, actually. So it, so I, I did that one, and uh, you know, it was. Then I found out about your podcast like two days later, and I was like, huh, well, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I saw that. And I was like, hey, wait a second. Is there somebody else that's rising from the ashes? Do we have the same name as somebody else? And then I, I listened to the show, and I was like, oh, it, it, it's, just, it's just a title. Just yeah. A title. There are, in he, fact, he was rising from the ashes. ashes. My buddy was rising. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we uh, we uh, we picked that name because you know we're we're coming out of nowhere, and uh, we're rising, and we're trying to take everybody on the ride with us and enlightening uh, everyone around us as as we as we rise up, you know, and and everything, and um, trying to <laughs> spread spread that out uh, through through to the peoples, man. You know, the enlightenment. You know, whatever. Whenever form that it comes in, because I think there is many forms to enlightenment. I don't think that necessarily you have to follow a certain path. I think any path that will get you to the top of the mountain is is a good path. Some people's paths are going to be a lot harder than others, and some are going to be really easy. And hey, as long as you get to the top, right? That's all that matters. And uh, so usually, always kinda, mountain goats and, and birds we're, and we're tiny being, insects. Uh, we're trying to be that phoenix to show. Blaze that path. <laughs> so, Fire Tribe, if you're not down with that, wake. Wake. Up. Up. Oh. up. up. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> Just a simulation.